to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our episode this week is the 97 Bob Zemeckis uh, Atheists Are Good movie, Contact. Kind of. Before we start that watching time the movie, somebody made a movie like For those of you that will watch this with, along with the movie, like we are, go ahead and pop in your DVD, your blurry, your N64 cartridge, press play, press pause. When the blue and purple Warner Brothers logo fades to black, the first frame you perceive of all black after that Warner Brothers logo fades down, press pause. In a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause, at which point you press play, and I'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, this time instead of the director or someone esteemed, it'll be with four friends in your head. And your friends this week are myself, as always, Teague Christie, my friend Ryan Weaver. Hello. And Brian William Scott. Uh, whoa. Whoa. Did, Did they get married? Purpose? Yeah. We. Oh. <laughs> Brian William Scott. <laughs> Wasn't Brian William Scott the co-star of Dude, Where's My Car with Ashton Kutcher? Uh, Sean, Sean William <laughs> Scott. Sean William Scott. Here's the joke. Uh, I, I, I said Brian William Scott as opposed to Michael Dorkman Scott. Your last name is actually Finifter because the, California doesn't like Prop 8. Well, no, California did like Prop 8 because Prop 8 was... Anyway, hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and it's for the ladies. Trey the Amazing Stokes. I'm okay to go. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> just got tasty. See how I tied it all back just together? Just got tasty <laughs> up in this bitch. Yeah. Right. You know now, you like it. My opinion of this film is very high, although I have some questions. Ultimately, it's Carl Sagan, Sagan atta- attaching his name to a project, which he originally wrote, and then this is the movie. Uh, right off the bat, I'm down. I'm good to go. I'm okay to go. You're okay to go? Uh, this movie is... It, it, I, there's probably two or three or four instances of really excellently portrayed. I myself am an atheist, atheist characters, and I love Ellie Arroway in this movie. I love Jodie Foster for reasons that will never become clear until you see all the pictures I took of her. And in fact, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, wow. you know what I mean. That was a joke for those that have been around for the, a little the while. The ones you took from across the street while hiding and disguised as a bush. Why and- did you hold up the the quotation fingers when you said uh, when you said the joke? The, on that one I, I'm trying wow. to there's gonna be some stories damn it anyway I love that's content. what the restraining some orders behind about. the scenes I have some not pro- behind the scenes for this movie yeah but, but behind, behind the scenes behind some scenes you didn't want to go behind <laughs> I have some problems with the internal logic of some aspects of some characters of contact but on the whole this movie is awesome I love the visual effects I love the music and I love the direction I love all the characters I love all the actors well I love the movie <laughs> and what's funny is that you'll notice this movie might you may have picked up on this maybe have half picked up on this might bear a weird filmmaking resemblance to Forrest Gump same director same composer same visual effects supervisor Zemeckis Ken Ralston Alan Silvestri both of them and in fact the well, scores I, for both of them I think you can also draw that line straight to Back to the Future as well can't you I don't think Ken Ralston was on Back Ken to Ralston the Future Ken Ralston was ILM in mm-hmm. those days I think mm-hmm. he was around yeah and he was Alan Silvestri. Da, da, da. Mm, yeah. Silvestri kicks ass. But for these two movies, Silvestri, for some reason, limited himself to a sparse piano-driven theme. And they're both like C major themes. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> whatever. He's a one-trick pony, that Silvestri. That Silvestri just can't do anything Z- right. Well, Zemeckis likes, that that, Zemeckis likes to work with the same people over and over again. I was listening to the, of all things, the Forrest Gump commentary track, like within the week. And uh, Zemeckis mentioned, he goes, you know, I'm, he says, I'm very fortunate in my career that now I only have to work with good people. So my job gets so much easier. I'm not fixing problems in a movie. I get to actually just make the movie. 
Which explains why we yeah. why 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 my why my point stands. It's just these same that guys explain they, why Polar Express and uh, the new Christmas Carol are the best movies ever made. That's right, and why the company is now closed. Hey, that hey, made them, Mr. Cynical. That yeah. explains hey. why Forrest Gump and Contact are both really well made films. That that is true. That Fair is enough. Very true. Mid mid to late nineties Zemeckis is good Zemeckis. Yes, not as good 90s. as late eighties Zemeckis. I, but I throw I throw Castaway in that list. I throw I think that's a great film, and uh, I, I actually enjoyed What Lies Beneath even. Oh well, Some we'll, we'll get to that in a second. For my part, I really like Contact. I really like al- almost all of the themes expressed, and I have only quarrels with what the characters think inside the movie, and we'll get to that in a little while. Ryan Weber, how do you feel about Contact? Well, it's, it's interesting you say that. I actually forgot that this was a, a Zemeckis movie, actually. You know, I went and looked at it. I, uh, I, I brought some notes here. I did a lot of preparation for this episode. I'm very excited. Wow. I'm very Lord. happy to be here. Um, as far as what I think of this movie, I mean, I think it's I think it's... I think it's pretty strong, but you know, out of the context of the series, you know, not not just on its own. You got to take the in series, the full, yeah, the what? series, and uh, you know, uh, Captain Picard is pretty good, and you got the Borg, which is always nice. James Cromwell, I'm, I'm a, I'm, a big I'm fan confused. Of. Uh, and, Ryan, Ryan, okay, uh, yeah, uh, this is contact, not not first contact. It's, those are not the start. Not no, the start. Not the, it is, not the but it is Trek the movie. first contact, isn't it? I mean, they didn't make any more. No, just throw those away. Oh. It's an honest mistake. All right. <clears throat> well, can I sit in on this one too? Is that cool? Have you seen it? Oh. I did see it. This actually. is Jodie Foster in space. <laughs> yeah, which is very similar to Patrick Stewart. In and there's space. God a lot of damn it, Ryan. <laughs> there's kind of Borg in it. There's space people. Here, so. we'll give well, you a lightsaber. Well, there's just religious nuts, which is very, very similar. Okay, that's that's sort of true, actually. Have you seen Contact? Yes, I have. How'd you I feel have. about Contact? I actually saw it a couple times uh, theatrically when it came out. I was wow. actually very into it uh, when it first came out. But that's just sort of because I have a built-in automatic interest in sort of. The idea of alien contact, and I love just you know the signal and the getting the blueprints and giant gyroscope machine and all this stuff, and it's 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 totally cool. I'm I'm really into that, and I think as I get older and I see it again, I start to get a little sort of uncomfortable with the sort of the the theme and the religion aspect that they ch- chose to explore, or may, perhaps the way they chose to explore it. I guess we'll get to the bottom of that as we watch this. But. You like alien contact, Ryan? Oh yeah. Well, why don't you just sit next to me, big boy? Oh, uh, <coughs> Doesn't matter when yeah. it's Arcturian. Yeah. Brian. <laughs> Show us where the alien wow. contacted you. Brian. <laughs> William Fenifter. Scott. Uh, I don't know how to say that properly yet. Have you decided between you two? Never going to remember Fenifter Scott or Scott Fenifter Scott? Is there a hyphen? It, it's it's slightly uncomfortable when the other guy is actually homosexual. Not that I'm, you know, <laughs> oh. in any way. Why is it always got to be a gay thing? Brian got Barack Obama elected, and Obama doesn't want us to go to the moon. It's Brian's fault. Brian, how do you want contact? I... I I love contact deeply, obviously Ooh. for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> say that again, more slowly. I'll you say on his. Now? I'll say on his behalf that was unfair, and I was joking. <laughs> um, I know. Nice I, being deeply contacted. We covered that. So uh, I, I do love. I, do I love have deeply the contacted movie. Brian. <laughs> oh. Wow. Anyway, we're three, I was first. we're three minutes into the episode already. We're off the rails. I love it. No, we're we're still like twenty minutes. We're okay. twenty minutes in at this point. We haven't uh, started yet. I, I do. We're gonna I, cut this part out. I love contact very, very much. Uh, I love the themes. I love the execution of the idea. I love Carl Sagan. Um, Are you a fan of Carl Sagan? I am. Yes, all, all sci-fi right. writers, but Carl Sagan in particular. Yeah, I think. Well, I think this is one of the best examples of science fiction grounded as far into that's true. the reality yeah, of yeah. like I, this. This is as much of like this is. So this is technically science fiction, but it is as much... This is honest, what would really honest. happen as, as I think you see. Yeah, science fiction is written Fair by enough. an actual scientist. Because I don't think... I, I, yeah. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but, but 
Carl Sagan wasn't really a science fiction writer. He wrote one novel, I believe, and this was the one. He's that he a started sci- in like he's, a sci- he's a scientist and science writer. He would write all of his other books or essays yeah. on science. And, and there, there are a lot of... I don't think he wrote any other fiction. I don't think. Um, I, think I don't know. Uh, I'm not but aware there, there are a lot of physicists Clearly, who are Contact is writers. his biggest project in terms of most a well known, fictional narrative. In, in I know he wrote, you know, he wrote like his demon, most well known narrative, The Demon Haunted World, and so on. But those were about you know about belief and and science, not stories. They between there, between cosmos, Contact and his uh, auto tuned sketches on YouTube, yeah. Carl Sagan's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> He's Trey, uh, Trey, amazing Stokes. Yeah, would you, would you say this qualifies as hard sci fi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it does qualify as hard sci-fi, except toward the end, you know. But uh, but uh, I think I think, uh, and I guess we'll touch on it as we get uh, deeper into the contact, which Brian enjoys so much. Um, <laughs> we're just going to keep that thread going the whole show, <laughs> whether you like it or not. I guess, um, Mister Finnifter Scott. The the movie, uh, you know, the thing that you may be objecting to, and I see the objection. I just don't share it. Uh, I'm okay with where the movie goes with it. It, uh, I think the message is that if you, when you get way out on the fringe of science of where we really are kind of just, uh, we really don't know. This far out, we don't quite know. Um, th- things do start to become a lot like faith and a lot like a religion and a lot like, well, you know, we're taking our best guess, but we got no evidence for any of the stuff we're believing this far out on the fringe. But before that, it lays down a very solid groundwork of, but this is what we do know and why we know it. Mm-hmm. And, and then shows you that you just you just get deeper into the mystery, you just find mystery. You know, you don't come to oh, we got it all figured out. It's the movie ends on a note of we still don't know what the hell that was all about. There's still mysteries to be solved, which is the message I think Sagan was intending with the movie or for the book, which and, and was, is in the movie too. The, the that, farther you get to the edges of science, the deeper you get into the weirder philosophy. and more mystical it is, yeah. and, and the less you know. But that doesn't mean that we'll get into it more later. But uh, you know that. Some people, I think, take that the wrong way to go like, you know, but at the end, science becomes a religion. No, that's not at all right. what it says. Right. No. This episode should be very interesting because there are four people on your panel today who are admitted we don't know-ers. Yeah. And as far as that goes, who else could you want to watch this with? That's so right. So get out your remote. Your, your remouse. Your remouse or remote. Or your mouse oat. Press play after the Warner Brothers logo is faded to black in three, two, one, on pause. For what it's worth, I think the words I don't know are words that should be said by human beings far more often than they yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Ryan, say I don't know. I don't know. Ryan, say I don't know. I don't know. Trey, what do you got? I don't know. I know. Damn it. All right. There's got- always one. There's <laughs> <laughs> always one guy who thinks he knows everything. Well, the uh, and uh, if, I, if I launch into this story, it's going to be right over the big shot. So we'll, uh, let's talk about the big shot. All first. right. Yeah. Did you guys, who else saw this theatrically? All right. I did. Uh, and Trey waved, j- gave the jazz hands on that. Yeah, one. I guess I uh, just. Uh, did play- you have the same experience I had, where they came over the PA system in the theater and told you that the audio is not <laughs> fucked up at the beginning of the movie? This no, is what I, it's supposed to sound like. I, this, I, this first that's shot. That's what amazing. I got. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say that uh, my experience was. The reason why I'm sure in your screening they did that was because mm-hmm. in my screening people go turn it up volume because when it goes sound it, it goes completely silent for a long period of time mm-hmm. and complete silence in a movie theater is very strange and disconcerting totally. you know it, it seems almost as disconcerting as light and th- when you're by yourself with no lights Mars on. yay all right yeah. Brian Sorry. what's the uh, <laughs> Brian's a big fan of Mars Brian Mister I just got Mars. some pieces from the shuttle launch pad yeah, yeah. describe awesome. to us the inverse square law. The inverse square law, the, uh, <laughs> when you double your distance from a source, it's uh, a physical principle that governs uh, basically any wave motion, but also some particles, too. But anyway, that's a weird thing. Uh, it, it basically describes wave motion. If you double, double the distance, uh, the power of the wave uh, is reduced by one quarter. So every, for every doubling of the distance, you 
uh, quarter of the power. In your everyday experience, this that, applies to light. You're going to have yes. to put yeah. this in Captain Dummy Talk for me, Kaylee. <laughs> so when you when you double the... I don't know how to do this any simpler. The, farther, uh, I can the try. farther away you get, the less you're going to get. The far, in, a, in, a, in a specific ratio, the farther away you get, the less the power gets. Yeah, but, but, but it's, it changes. Yeah, you... Intuitively, you would think if you're twice as far away, the signal it'll is be half as less, half, but, but it's, it's actually, actually a quarter. A quarter. Less. So, so the so, signal drops off more sharply than you think. So, how does that affect <laughs> this shot that we're seeing? We're, so, we're zooming out from Earth to the middle of nowhere. The idea behind the shot is very cool. Is that you know, uh, at a certain everywhere. point in history, our radio signals became so strong they just fly off into the in depth of space, and theoretically, they keep going forever and ever. So, if say that that first happens seventy years ago, if you went seventy light years out, you would hear our very first radio signals. Unfortunately, that's not the case because of the inverse square law. The the signal be- becomes weaker and weaker over the distance. So, at about are you one- saying that by the time I get to the fucking Horsehead Nebula, I won't hear Hitler? I want to hear Hitler. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid so. Yeah, if you not. get past I, about the first, so near where can star, I go in the universe to hear about Hitler? Not not yeah. even that. About a light year out, the signal becomes so weak that it becomes indistinguishable from the background, the background noise. noise. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what you're saying is that SETI Oops. is basically yeah. wasting your time. No, not necessarily. I'm just saying that this expanding shell of radio transmissions wouldn't actually work this far out. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just not broadcasting that well. Or, yeah. uh, and, but do, it does it does put SETI in a rather sobering light. I mean, not o- not only is there the problem that we you know we we used to take comfort by well, even if the society, the civilization that we might pick a broadcast from, you know, has been gone for billions of years, we'll still get their signal, and and it seems like you know that we won't be reading their signal any more than they would ever read ours because because you, of this, it just won't transmit that far. Now. So, it, but so we might send signals forever until our civilization is gone and, you know, the signals will never be read by anyone and no one else will ever know we were ever here. But if a civilization is specifically sending out signals in a targeted way, uh, as we hope somebody is, right, yeah. Yeah. Then, then there's a hope for, to picking it up. It's focused. It's more simple. It's dots and dashes or whatever. We're it's saying right. digital this bits. is still the same shot that uh, it technically is still it, the same it's show. just about to finish. This, I believe. And speaking of focus... I've got to give props to the Union Rack Focus guy. The focus <laughs> yeah. puller on that from set nailed it. That yeah, first AC. Yeah, yeah. It never even drifted out of focus from her eyelash to her whole head. Now, this young girl, who is not Jodie Foster, but looks really like her, grew up to be an actress. That and that's still why acts, I like yes. her. Jenna Malone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenna Malone. Uh, she was an actress on the movie I worked on last year, actually. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. And Donnie Darko. She's still which just hot. On. <laughs> Wait, what? I said that out loud. <laughs> She actually, I don't know the details behind it, but she uh, was legally, she sued and was legally emancipated from her parents. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Because, yeah. because her real parents weren't as cool as David Morse. And they <laughs> hated Donnie Darko. And they hated ham radio. David Morse playing like the one time in his life, like this in the Hurt Locker, the only times where he wasn't just a total asshole. Actually, you know what's funny is David Morse. Well, he is a total no, asshole no, in, in well, Hurt Locker. Uh, ouch. In Hurt Locker. Actually, it's, it's funny because my David my Morse don't sue Brian Finifter. Whoa. No, I'm saying, Number one, five, two. Oh, in, in Hurt Locker, he said. I was I was shocked, too, oh, until oh. he added the rest of that sentence. Oh, but actually, oh, it's funny because my experience of David Morse, David Morse was always the, the smooshy good guy, and only in the past... Decade has he suddenly become uh-huh. like, oh, let's have the smooshy good guy be the bad guy. That'll be freaky. So I, I'm still not used to seeing David Morse be a bad guy. Well, my favorite for, role of him and the one that I'm basically basing my completely uninformed opinion off of is The Negotiator with Samuel L. Jackson and Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Did you see that guy? Yeah. Mm. That was really good. And he played the disgruntled, mad, I'm going to protect my own corrupt cop. Sidekick guy. Where he Didn't he? And he played that same role in The Rock. Exactly. He keeps doing that thing, which is why we say David Morse is this. But David Morse actually kind of kicks ass. Yeah. But it's but that's new to me because David Morse, to me, is the guy who was on St. Elsewhere. He, he was one of the saintly doctors week after week. You know, He also invented be. binary communication. He totally did. Go Morse. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, there was a, a totally invisible affection 
shot that it's one of those shots and Zemeckis mm-hmm. does it more than once in this movie where you go, wait, I think they just did an effect shot, but I didn't even catch what they did. And right. what happened was we just had a crane from outside the house through the glass of the window and we haven't stopped yet. And now we're going down to the bedroom, which I believe is a set. After mm-hmm. our shot from Earth to the Milky Way. Yeah. Those of you going to go, okay, I think that was an effect shot. From the front yard to the bedroom. Infinity. Yes. <laughs> only Zemeckis. Holy cow. Only Zemeckis. Can, I, know, I know how to make a push in on a kid's bedroom into an effect shot. <laughs> Here's my And plan. this is why, for a number of other reasons, Ken Ralston. Yeah, I know you're listening. Hi. I'm looking hey, at Ken. you. That's a good shirt, man. Remember Look, me from Polar Express? Whenever you, get, whenever you get a random high five from a guy with bright red hair, that's me, and I appreciate your work. Yeah. Oh yeah, Trey worked on Polar Express. Yeah, nice. Uh, it was it, was, uh, it completed the it com- was three fourths of the trifecta for me because if you uh, when I worked for Phil Tippett on wait uh, three fourths of the trifecta three fourths of the quadrecta there I guess go. it was there the trifecta. I was gonna say it's trifecta, but there's one. You missing. weren't thinking fourth dimensionally. I'm right? not. I have a real problem. Right. I have a real problem. Real, real problem, problem with that. that. <laughs> um, I just it's just one of my personal things that you know as a kid who grew up on Star Wars and I think we've done some commentaries where that's got mentioned before. Um, when I worked at Phil Tippett, which is like for a big breakthrough for me. See, like, he just said, I don't know. I'm just working for freaking Phil Tippett. That and makes that's him awesome. a good person. That was his save the cat moment. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, save the atheist moment. <laughs> on, on, yeah. On Phil's wall, he had a picture of him and the other three guys winning the uncontested Oscar for Return of the Jedi. It was a special achievement Oscar. There were no other nominees. It was like, give it to Jedi, for, cre- for Christ's sake. Who else are we going to give it to? So that, and those four. Certainly not Annie Hall. Exactly. And those four guys, this was Return of the Jedi. Six years later, um, the, uh, the the four guys who are holding up their Oscars are Richard Edlund, um, um, uh, John Dykstra is actually the fellow I'm thinking of. So the story really has no point. I didn't John- realize Dykstra was on Jedi. Um, is it Jedi? Or no? I'm sorry. It's it's no. It's uh, it is uh, the fellow we're just talking about. It's not Dykstra. Ralston. He, he gone by the Ralston. Um, it was Phil and Ralston and Richard Edlund and Dennis Murin. And uh, oh, Dennis Murin, I, I love yeah, you too. Who you know is always worked at ILM and still does. And and but anyway, but over the years, I first worked for. Phil Tippett, and then I worked for for uh, Richard Edlund, and then I worked for Ken Ralston. Murin? Ken Ralston. I have oh. never, I still to this day have never worked for or met Murin because he's never left ILM. Have you I met Ken Ralston? ILM. I worked, yeah, I worked with Ralston on Polar Express. Aren't you paying attention? Shit. Yeah. So, so I have sat in rooms with the three of the four guys that I go, my God, those are the guys that made Return of the Jedi. They're the official effects guys. They're like gods among men. Only I got have, one I more have, to check off your list. Yeah, exactly. I've sat in a room and worked for three of them and talked about movies and shots with the three of them. And have they're you, all the same guy. That's what's you, awesome about Have you ever met guys. Stan Winston? Sure, I met Had Stan, you met when, Stan? I, when I worked for Stan. Yeah. Oh, my God. Trey's Obi Wan Kenobi. I am. I'm here to teach you. Many things. But what's interesting is those three guys, I've never met Muran. I don't know Muran, but uh, Ralston and Tippett and uh, Edlund are all very similar in sensibility in their, in their private lives and their, you know, their interests outside of work. They're very different, but they're all, they're all, you can always, you can tell those guys came out of the same factory together and they have the same style and they have the same, let's get this done hmm. mantra and, uh, and they know how to get a job done. And uh, they're all, they're and all great to work shit. with. Again, we talked about this in the beginning. I talked about this in the beginning, but Ralston notably, did this and Forrest Gump two movies with while there's a shit ton of visible effects there's also a whole lot of hidden visual effects in both movies yeah well that's Zemeckis's thing always has been Zemeckis well, I guess maybe, I, no, I, I'm so giving hidden. I'm giving Ken Ralston a lot of credit for doing it but it wasn't his idea it was Zemeckis's idea you know Zemeckis did a lot of good shit man he did Back to the Future he did Forrest Gump he did this and then he did a bunch of CG movies like Trey did <laughs> that's, the, that's the one I was fortunate enough I guess to work on so while it's Express. not Ken Ralston's fault that this movie's awesome it is your fault that Bipolar uh, what was it? Bipolar Express yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, here's, and here's and here's Bill Fidifter no Fickner 
my name's good. William, William, William Fickner Scott. Here's William Fickner Scott. And uh, what's, what's interesting about this is we really didn't know this guy in this by, when this movie came out. It was like, here he's like, oh, he's the guy in the movie. Now he's the guy who's in every movie you ever see. You know, he's I always love, in every movie. I love movie. William Fickner. I think he's great. You know, yeah. it's like, name a movie he wasn't in. It's like, uh, Heat. No, he was in that. Uh, Armageddon. He Perfect was in Storm. that. Yeah, Perfect Storm. Perfect Storm. Oh, no. Oh, shit. He was in that. Damn it. Amelie. Uh, Maybe it's just because I, I saw him in this one first, but now when I think of this actor, I always think of him kind of talking and staring off, not at someone, <laughs> yeah. in his little blind. He's not actually blind. Gary, yeah. Gary Sinise really has legs, and this guy's not really blind. Exactly. And you know what? Hugh Laurie, he can walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's not even in- American. Nope. Um, this, by the way, I think is Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. So. She used to be a big actress at some point. Oh, I love you in a way you'll never love me back. <laughs> oh. I like Jodie Foster a lot. Oh, she's so cool. We, and we, what's funny is that she also has a. We're going to talk about her as an actor, but talk about so not you know this a shot. But I do for, like for the, her for the rest of your life. Know this: she's also a excellent director. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's funny how you realize like Tom Hanks is the same way. It's just very. Or I guess I don't know if Gina Davis has ever directed anything. Maybe she has. I'm not aware. But of her. You, you see these deeply intelligent, <laughs> smart actors. Yeah. What are some of the things and that they she seem, directed? And they seem to be Jodie Foster. Uh, she directed uh, Take Back uh, the Night was the last thing. Little she did. Man Tate was her big thing. Mm-hmm. And, and Tom Hanks directed that thing you do, which is a criminally underrated film. And and why he hasn't done anything since I can't. I no don't one liked that thing you do. And meanwhile, no, it, I'm going holy that, shit. That, that thing can't, you do but, was great. But see, it doesn't matter. He's Tom Hanks. He could. He he can. He, he, you'd think that he could direct anything he wants because well, he's still the, Tom the, Hanks. Re, the reason, Maybe he decided personally that no one liked it. Maybe he did I direct an saw. episode of Band of Brothers. No, no. no the reason he and he, some from the Earth of the Moon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think an episode or two. Uh, this is a great demonstration of passing of time that we'll see a little later on. Yep. But it's set up there. Uh, the reason he hasn't directed anything. Your film, science hates God. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the reason yeah. he hasn't directed anything since uh, that thing you do is because you know when you direct a film it con- that film whatever it is yeah. consumes 2 years of your life true yeah. and he it literally was he doesn't he, he, he can't take that kind of wanna, a, i don't want to devote my life to he doesn't want to take that kind of a pay cut yeah i guess so i guarantee you at some point in the next year we're going to do that hey. thing you do so just go get it right now and watch it so you'll know all the jokes when we get there now there's this Look guy whatever happened so to meanwhile this guy. we're going to offset we're going to juxtapose for our art you bags want to crack a jack. we're going to we're going to juxtapose Jodie Foster brilliant actress with Matthew McConaughey I think Matthew McConaughey is a good actor. I think he's a good actor, he's a but really I would good I, I don't say she's a brilliant actress as in one thing. I'm saying brilliant comma actress. I think yeah. I think Matthew, and Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey is a, is he a, gets it better than people give him credit for, but he's not a Jodie Foster. Yeah, <laughs> well, but who is? I mean, it's like when we talked about we talked to another podcast about how when actors are trying to play smart when they aren't smart, and I think this movie is the gold standard for that, especially when we get to talk in astronomy. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's many actors or humans walking the planet that are smarter than Jodie Foster because I think she's, she's so his, yeah. being really Right off the bat, we're introduced smart. to two characters, and I want to do this thing. Two-part question. One, do you think Jodie Foster is a good, outspoken atheist, a good representation of atheism? And do you think Matthew McConaughey is a good representative, represent, rep, representative of I think of Christianity? I think Matthew in, McConaughey is. In the movie, is, in the I, movie I think, right? Not in real life? Well, yeah. Okay. I think they're both actually pretty fleshed out. I yeah. might be wrong. Yeah. I might be biased, but I think they're both both very well-educated, th- well-spoken. It may be a little bit of a stretch. To, well, maybe not not a stretch. But when you when you said when you said uh, her as an atheist, I sort of went uh, because there's there's not that there's not the the opposition. There's just the no no no. That's the whole Here's, thing about atheists. You're talking it's about not like the movie? it's not like they're against you. They don't they, they don't care. Well, it's a major. Right. It's a and it, but it's a major plot point in this movie that she won't. Yeah. She won't come out, uh, basically, and I, I bet Jodie Foster had no trouble playing that part in mm-hmm. that movie, in the movie either, because it's, you know, for those who don't know, right. um, Jodie Foster is is uh, 
there's no no one who doesn't realize or shouldn't realize that Jodie Foster is a lesbian in real life, but she's never publicly addressed it. Not that she's hiding it. She just doesn't talk about it because mm-hmm. it's nothing to do with her work and she doesn't talk about it. And that's a very that a lot of people are mad. They would like her to be more out and you know upfront about it. She has just chosen to not make it a factor in her public life. She's you know she wants to be about the work she does, and I, I respect that. I totally respect that. But when she's in that scene, when she's being pressed to go, are you or aren't you? Do you or don't you believe in God? <laughs> you know, it's like I think I think Brian. I don't know. You think she had some sense memory she could draw from? <laughs> yeah, to play that scene. She had an understanding. Just answer we, the question, as we would say. It's yeah. so. I think we'll, we'll get there later, but it's so deeply unfair that question. Yeah, in the it movie, is. and then it's implications. Well, to people for like her. us, there are people who don't realize how unfair that question, right, is. or yeah. why it shouldn't matter. But of course, the movie brings up that there are people to whom it's the only question that does matter, and that's a plot point to this movie. And we can't relate to that. <laughs> you know, it's like we can't quite get it. And you know, people like us, I think. I think Jodie Foster is her character. I think the character Valley is an excellent representation of atheists and agnostics and skeptics. I think Matthew McConaughey is a generous representation of most religious yeah, people out he, there. He's one of the more yeah, <laughs> Gary Bu- uh, he's one of the more Jake lenient Busey later. Yeah, yeah. Jake, Jake Busey yeah. is, Jake Busey is and uh, for the record, for the record, Jake Busey, oftentimes from someone who wrote the script from a skeptical point of view, Jake Busey is a you know the mist whatever a representation of Christianity that is unfair. Right. That, that whole fundamental right. there, there is a spectrum. It does not the represent, it does not represent anyone of any faith. It represents crazy people who happen to be of a faith and yeah. talk on behalf of that faith. Jake Busey Jake is Busey. the Christian version of a guy who would fly a, build, a plane right. at the, the World Trade Center. Those people exist and no, they follow here, lots of religions. Nobody here and no thinking person ever has thought that he represents Christianity. But I, I'm not positive. Like that amount of bias I can say, Jake Busey's wrong. I, I don't know that Matthew McConaughey's character isn't adequately representing Christianity. I feel like he makes good articulate points and he even questions in a way that causes her to go off guard and can't answer it. I feel like it's... He's representing good argument. He represents a Christianity that I could get behind if I heard from that contingent more often. But mm. it's usually the vocal yeah. ones that uh, you know get all the press. But the fact that he's you know he, he's talking about he has his point of view, and obviously, so obviously he does have a bias in, in his point of view. But at least he you know he will hear other ideas. He will listen to other ideas. He will you know associate with people who have other ideas, and he's not dogmatic about it. However, ultimately, um, that's great, and I, you know that's the kind of belief I can go. Well, if that's if you're going to approach it that way, then I'm okay with whatever your belief is, because sure, you yeah. should be okay with whatever I believe too. And we can sit down and have dinner, exactly. and and it won't be a big deal. And we know? can all go but to our respective homes and live our respective exactly. lives. That's where it breaks down in the movie, though, because ultimately he says you can't be the representative of humanity because I'm the representative. of humanity. Well, but that's but he has an ulterior motive for that. Well, he does, but that's but, part but of it, life too, man. But his point is still valid. I mean, because he says later on after that scene, he goes, look, this, the point I raised was a valid one, but the reason I really did it was the emotional reason. It It is a valid point uh, for debates, even if I disagree with it. It's Ultimately, you do represent more of the majority than I do. Yes. But the Although, majority is humans, not whatever one thing you think about. Yeah. And ultimately, from my perspective, the majority of human beings are wrong. That's just my. That's just <laughs> my I'm belief. That's the way it in, breaks down in, from in, my point. In, of view. in this room, we have. I think we have a quorum. We uh, in this yeah. room, uh, we're all right. But um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Okay. Oh, not that. <laughs> not that. Sorry, guys. Yeah. No. Down in front show at gmail.com for all of your questions, or down in front.net and go to the forum, register, and please well, seriously tell us why we're wrong. Well, this is the thing. It's like you know, God, I, I, hey, I love no that. one who who gets upset when five Christians get in a room and talk about how awesome it is to be Christian. Who gets upset when five people who happen <laughs> five people who happen to be Christian get in a room and talk about anything else, and they just all happen to be Christian? Hey, we're well. Actually, I'm not going to speak for Matt, so I'm going to talk about the four of us. Um, oh, Matt's raising his hand. No, he's Matt's, in. Matt's an atheist. <laughs> Matt's going out. There's like, nobody in here. We who are is f- anything but an atheist. Here are five. 
five people sitting in a room. We all happen to be atheists. We don't just talk about that all day long. We're watching a movie that's going to prompt us to talk about that, so it's valid. Um, but that's what we are. We're not sitting here plotting how to destroy your god. <laughs> We're just going because about we know our it's business. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah, it's going to take care of itself. <laughs> right, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Damn it! I'm don't include them we in. Keep, don't tell them what we're planning. Um, we do have meetings. Yeah, all atheists are against you. But and yet, it's, yes, because if there is yeah. if there is one extraordinarily well organized minority, it's atheists. Yeah. We're like the Democrats. Of <laughs> we're not we're like the Democrats. Yay! Nothing. Yeah, yeah it, atheist uh, Democrats can be. Con- we're yeah. like fucking cats, man. It's, it's like the Will Rogers quote: "I don't belong to an organized political party. I'm a Democrat." It's like right. I don't belong to an organized religion. I'm an atheist. It's, yeah, it's kind well, of it's, a wordplay there. And there's the there's well, a nice there is, there's the a visual way of demonstrating yeah. the passage yeah. of time, well, but as opposed the, to a, a horrible line going. Now that it's six months later, Ellie, how do you feel? Yeah. Well, that's and that's but that's the as issue. You know. is, that's the as, as you know. That's why. Uh, that's why. That's why you know atheists, agnostics, or whatever, as a group, don't get heard from, and why I don't think many people who don't give it much thought realize how many of us there are because we don't have there, a place. That's we, why Rick, Richard Dawkins. We don't have really a place. Like we we don't have a place we yeah. go to every Sunday Step to go. Up. By the way, we're us, and here we all are in one room doing what we do. Because There's as that's many not part atheists of what we do. as there are Jews. Yeah, get over there, it. Well, even more since many most Jews are basically atheists. Yeah, and they're, and they're <laughs> holy shit, Brian. Are you trying to get hate mail, man? Come on, uh, we're talking are, about content. There are more. There are more atheists, depending on how you define it. But uh, you know, the, the 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 numbers that that seem to be the most solid to me is it's it's not necessarily atheists. That you, it depends how you break it down. There are, there are people. How many people in the country, according to the latest census, and, and Matt will tell us uh, more later because Matt's going to be all about this year's census. But uh, as, but, as the, am I. but okay, oh cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, the the number of people who who don't subscribe to any organized religion is on the rise and has been and it's a trend that's continuing but there's no question about that on the mm-hmm. census yeah unfortunately no but uh, the but the but oh. when but when they do take polls on that you know yeah. the, the people you know the number of people who follow an organized dogmatic here's how you get here's how you go through your day because god said so religion is on the decline in america yeah. um that doesn't necessarily equate to atheism because certainly we here in california are well acquainted with the well i'm spiritual i'm just not religious you know people who believed in unfocused fuzzy something in you know in, in the, the power sky, of positive in thoughts. the sky or whatever yeah, the right. name they want to put to it it just doesn't have a dogma that's associated with it um so that doesn't necessarily mean how many atheists there are but the number of people who are just like well i just don't think there's anything because i haven't seen any reason to believe there is which to me is the right approach uh, uh, myself. A, uh, um, that's on the rise as well. In 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 Bill Maher's uh, religious movie, there's an interesting statistic Don't that I hadn't heard that movie, man. That movie sucks. I, I, it was interesting. It's it's valid. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah. apparently, I did not know this. Yeah, uh, Michael Moore's not perfect either, but at least he's making movies. Yeah, uh, I didn't know this. That atheists are the largest uh, special interest minority group in the country that's, the large, what, that's larger than the that's, nra that's what than, that's where i was going for is like i, I believe uh, yeah. the more, there are more of us than there are black people so <laughs> more than there are handicapped people why don't we get special curbs for atheists well ellie and the movie special railings yeah. just brought up this whole connection of everything we've been talking about with atheism and, and dogma as relates to the characters in the film mm-hmm. she says i just started asking and this is the first time we've been sort of clued into the fact that I don't think she's a spiritual or religious person at all as a character. No. She says, I went to Sunday school as well, but I started asking annoying questions like, where did Mrs. Kane come from? And stuff like that. <laughs> right. I just, it's the first time in the film that we've been clued into the fact that I don't, she didn't, she can't be an atheist. I like her. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like what it's, it's, that's it's what the first thought. thing. 
Well, no, but I'm saying that's the representation that... that oh, you're talking been, about in movies. It's totally like, well, no, they, well, she can't be a bad guy, so she can't this, be an atheist. This is a mainstream film, so yeah. she she can't not believe in God. I, don't want, I know, it's kind of shocking. shocking. I, I feel yeah. like... That's I, what makes I, this movie I, shocking. I would be really happy if we've blown our wad on the atheism bit, so I don't want to go into that for the rest of the film. However, no. my one experience... Well, it's going to keep coming up, my, but... You know. I, I've been an atheist since I started thinking about it, and that's not condescending. Just I, I was in eighth grade, and I started just going, these guys are serious, at Sunday school. Yeah. Uh, these guys aren't being sarcastic. They're, they're not going to keep. They're not going to stop talking about and, this. And uh, the fir- before that, my only represent- my, the only time I've been exposed to the idea of atheism was in pre-algebra class in seventh, no sixth grade. I recall this vividly. And there was a substitute teacher teaching, and she said, "I have a lot of friends that are atheists," and and myself and everyone else in the class went, "Holy shit! She's on the. She's weird." <laughs> <laughs> At the time, she I was like, I can't believe she admits to knowing, like it was, you know, it was it was tantamount to, you know, Satanism knowing or something. Yeah. It's just, yeah. trust me, no atheist in your life will ever try to convince you of anything. We don't even give a shit. We are not harmful. We don't care. It's okay. We will talk about everything but well, that because that, ultimately we have absolutely no vested interest very, in that. There are militant, dogmatic atheists out there. And, Richard and Dawkins they, being one. And they, well, no, I, I'm talking. There are people worse than that. But uh, here, uh, we're going to get this ju- great effect jump, shot. Here. Jump back into the movie for a second. Here's mm-hmm. the here's the, and we're already into it. If you're in sync with us, here's the impossible she runs shot. up the this stairs why, and down the this, hall this is why ken ralston Who's gets a, a high five for me next time i see him at a diner <laughs> yeah uh, and there's a ramp in there and too. a speed ramp yeah, yeah. A speed well, ramp well, ultimately there's it's, a, a, it's a crazy ultimately you know, the stairs steady make... cam, but in, and then suddenly it was all through the mirror it's mm-hmm. just freaky as hell and the shot's not over yet because it's also a zemeckis i'm going to tell you huge amounts of exposition for you know wordlessly with just a shot let's get off yeah. atheism when did zemeckis go bad trago uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> What the hell? In the theme of being unfair, <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think Zemeckis went bad. I have, I've not seen. I haven't seen his last two movies. Um, he was he. Th- he was the director of of No oh, Christmas of Beowulf. Right? Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Beowulf, I didn't see, and Christmas uh, Polar Carol, Express, I didn't see. Beowulf, I mean, Christmas Carol were his, his CG <clears throat> movies yeah. as yet. And 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 admittedly, you know, this... I admittedly I you know having worked on Polar Express made me less than eager to see Christmas Carol and, you know, and uh, Beowulf just on those kind of grounds. Um, and, you know, I might have seen Beowulf because I'm kind of interested in that subject matter, but uh, Christmas Carol, I know, I haven't seen it. I, so I don't know, I can't comment on this, whether those are good movies or not. This moment but, right here is, I, I don't know, it's it's perfect. Yeah, It's perfect, it's, but I also see how it's a little grabby. It's a little grab-ass in terms of screenwriting. How so? No, I, th- no, I think uh, it's absolutely perfect. Well, it's what... It, I, mean, I, 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 I say mean, I say that once again, and I said we just get off the atheist thing. But I want to say this as someone no, who's not going to the movie's it. about that. Yeah, well, I know dude. that. Let's I just, just don't want to, I, I, listener. I don't want to alienate you if you're anything but an atheist because I'm, <laughs> I think I'm, I know what you're going to say. Don't pander, my, 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 don't you pander, e- everyone. No, yeah, I, I will pander. I want everyone to if you can't handle an intelligent discussion. Anyway, Brian, what was your point? What I was going to say. What I was going to say. She's lost. We've lost her on a performance level. I love all of this. But I don't like the idea that what she just said defeats anything he would have ever said. Because that guy would have had a response to what she said in a real situation. And he didn't in the movie because the screenwriter slash project slash Carl Sagan says that guy can't answer what she just said. And he could have. Now, well, ultimately, again... But his answer, would, his answer would have been the same as what his initial He just would have said was. the same thing again with different it's words. A, it's the same thing. It's I know that. I know God that. has a plan and we don't know what it is. Which, okay. You guys, you guys in the room... That's an answer I'm okay with. You guys in the room, I agree with you. <laughs> I'm just saying... For the purposes of someone else, they would go, yeah, but that would not have defeated him, and I agree with you. I think he would have said something else, and there would have been a debate, but ultimately, the reason that wouldn't have worked, A, it doesn't feed the story in any meaningful way, B, 
it would have become an, a nine-year-old or a twelve-year-old. How old she is? I don't know. She's a kid. I'd fuck yeah. her anyway. Oh, oh. the oh. Um, now you now who's giving atheists a bad name? Well, oh. no, I'm just saying I, I'm a bastard the two too. Are related. I'm a bastard too. That's all I'm trying to point out. But ultimately, it would have been an argument between her and him, and it would have boiled down to the same retarded stuff that we always talk about between the Christian majority and the atheist Yeah, it doesn't seem to stop majority. anybody in the real world. Well, yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. In a movie, it doesn't make any sense to have it there, therefore it's not there. But I also don't think that it accurately represents what he would have said in a way that is meaningful. I, I, I think, well, I don't know. Maybe but I think, have, I having think, had this debate many, it, many times, I, I think it does. <laughs> I, well, okay, sure. I have too. My, but I think it excises a, a pretty much everything that didn't matter. It excises effectively. Well, my, my but take, it does my make take, me go, mm. My take on it is, is, again, it's screenwriting, and screenwriting is not... It's it's meant to it's not real conversation. meant to feel like behavior, and the more you can make it feel like human behavior and conversation, the better the screenwriting is. But you're still serving a story, and it's, you know the story has a, has a, a you know has only amount, a certain amount of time to get through it. And a scene of you know a priest browbeating a nine year old whose dad just died <laughs> may be the you know most compelling drama, and then someone made that choice. Um, but uh, in terms of screenwriting, what I think it represents is good screenwriting, um, and it reminds me of a scene in of all things uh, the Fugitive. Um, basically, that you know that move that that scene summed up that how old, however old Ellie is supposed to be in that scene. What is she twelve or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, you know that 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 sh- pretty much summed up her character's approach to everything in one sentence. You know, is no, yeah. I you know the the, sure. the reason my dad died was not because of your God and it his was mis- God's is it, plan. It, mm-hmm. It's because I should have had the medicine in the other cabinet. That's why my father is dead. The very practical and you know simple it, and it basic real-world reason my dad is dead is because the medicine was in the wrong cabinet. He might have died again, but that time he shouldn't have died. From a, from yeah. a screenwriting perspective, it was a very... Uh, it's a choice. It was, it was a very uh, succinct and beautiful summation of character. Yeah, and, and, the, and, the, sure. and the movie that it reminds me of, of all things, is The Fugitive. Um, because there's a scene. I don't in, care. There's a scene in the Fugitive where Tommy Lee Jones has got the gun on Harrison Ford, and Harrison Ford says, "I didn't kill my wife," and Tommy Lee Jones says, "I don't, I don't care. care." And yeah. that's those two characters. That's that's yeah. exactly what drives those two characters for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. It's all you need to know about it's their true. motivations for everything they're going to be doing. It's a good scene. Harrison Ford didn't kill his wife, and Tommy doesn't Lee matter. Jones doesn't care. Now I, we just introduced the whole. Oh, by the way, that's, that little, I think, that and little, I call that good screenwriting. That little compass, it's going to come back because screenwriting oh, is easy. Total callback. Yeah. Um, Someday just, it might save your life. We just introduced the it's idea a of a bureaucracy, and I have no problem with his character because everyone, Christian, atheist, we can all be agreed that there are shitheads that own companies, <laughs> and that's just a thing. Yeah, we can all come together and hate someone else. There's never <laughs> there's no problem with that. that. We've all, we're all on board. Freaking Belgians. Brian, back to your whole degree in aeronautics. Oh, we just introduced right. the idea of the very large array, the VLA. Mm-hmm. Brian, go. Uh, it, basically, the larger the dish you have, the more sensitive it is. And there's it's not really any more complicated than that. Uh, there's basic geometry and physics involved that the larger you can make your, your dish... Your sensitive equipment. The, the more, which is the receiver. It is your big ear. And Literally, the larger your ear can be, the more sensitive and the more it can hear. So what's the VLA? The VLA is very large. Okay, so the idea is you can either make one very large dish or you can make a lot of smaller dishes and link them up together. And by linking them together, and this also works with telescopes, uh, by linking them together, you make one giant ear. And that's what the VLA is. It's a lot of different telescopes all linked together, uh, um, working in sync. To create, uh, to create one massive year, which is currently, although op- owned and, and the, the the land is owned by the government, you can rent it. Yeah, you, you can uh, rent, schools rent and it, yeah. organizations can rent it for. And the VLA, on a tangible level, is you know you've seen a movie before. It's a desert, and there's 27 satellite dishes next to each other. 
That's the VLA. Yep, there it is. Well, does, I mean, does, yeah, does we it, just saw a picture of it. I'm sure you've seen a picture like that. It was before. in Independence Day mm-hmm. too. It, they actually, they actually, made 2010. They actually made the uh, the VL, don't do that. They actually made the VLA even no. more L for this movie. They actually digitally instance they added more they satellite more satellite dishes to make it look even. <laughs> now, bigger. here's one thing I don't L. know. I like that. I don't know this is. I heard something. I, don't, I might be wrong. You guys, Trey and Brian specifically, would know more. Well, we'd be right. Is the um. <laughs> Is it still around? Did it get dismantled or some parts got moved away or something? Wasn't yeah, there a I thing where it's around. like, really? Yeah. yeah. So out in Arizona somewhere, there is still that arrangement? Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's oh, more yeah. Than one. Brian, and I, Brian and I, not that Too long ago, went to disassemble it. Brian and I went <laughs> yeah. to, to JPL not that long ago, and we talked to a guy whose job it is to track and listen to satellites in space. And he said, oh, yeah, we talked to we yeah. kind of, we, we are in contact with the VLA all the time. You because know? in addition to using the VLA for, for SETI, they also use it to talk to... Uh, human man-made spacecraft that is beyond the orbit of the moon. There's only so many uh, installations on the planet Earth that have the capability of talking to something beyond um, uh, beyond the orbit of the moon, and those all those installations are are collectively termed the Deep Space Network or the DSN. And they uh, JPL uses those to talk to spacecraft that we sent beyond the moon. JPL uses the VLA for the DSN. You with me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, come on. It can't be any simpler than that. Come on. The Jet, okay, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory uses the Deep Space Network, which is composed partly of the Very Large Array. Now, yeah. here's something that's interesting and, to me. And is that, is that part of the National Aeronautics and Space Administration? Part of. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember everything you just said. Give me like an acronym or something. Nah. <laughs> so. now, if you want to get anywhere near aeronautics, yeah. engineering, the military, aviation, anything... There's a lot of acronyms involved. Yeah. Okay. Just, they just NASA get, by way of Embry-Riddle. They just got a lot to do in a day, and they just got to get through it as fast. By way of yeah. E-R-A-U, which is one of those acronyms that takes almost as long as saying the entire word. Back to Ellie Arroway, our character, yeah. Jodie Foster. In a, in a nice little tweet out this, right there. This, this moment is really interesting <laughs> to me because it's something that she talks about a lot in interviews after the fact. I looked at YouTube and watched interviews of her after Contact came out. And, she's, and people ask her questions like, so how are you different from your character? And she says, I'm not this crazy. And what she's referring to is not the belief system in place, but she's referring to the fact that I would never go to company after company and pitch sure, this idea. Right. That, that obsessed. She with basically setting. she's basically right, saying that the difference between her person, human Jodie Foster, and Ellie Arroway character is I am not dedicated enough, not com- not passionate enough about the cause to go and try to convince people to please give me money so we can just study the sky. That's all. Just give me some money, please, because this is important. But she is about making movies and about being an actress. Yeah, that's right. why she is who she is. Well, that's it's true. Just a, it's just a different it's, yeah, matter. Yeah, it's interesting well, for someone who, like, because yeah, I'm, I'm sure studios were just chomping at the bit to make Little Man Tate until she campaigned <laughs> for years to finally get someone to let her make Little Man Tate. We're also missing a bunch of genius little bitty character moments made by here's the another actors. One of those, and this guy, I love. Here's another one of those guys that's like, if I was ever going to be an actor, I could only be this actor. I can like only, the guy in Titanic? I, yeah. It's like, this. it's the same guy. It could have been the same guy. It's like, I can be the wacky, shaggy, unkempt, you know, douchebag, homeless guy who gets like the three good lines and he's never in the movie again and has no arc whatsoever because I, I'm not that good an actor. But I can be, I can be the one, the goofy guy who comes in with the lean in for one line. That's my that's my goal. You that's can be up. in the trailer saying it ain't local. Exactly. <laughs> and they're gonna go. I like that guy. I hope he's in the whole movie. That no, guy makes not. me laugh. He's only in that one scene. Ryan, do you have any input on the themes we've already discussed? I don't want to involve you, but if you have anything you want to say that we've just been talking over you, I, I want to give you a chance. You mean atheism or what? Well, no, just the whole <laughs> thing. If, <laughs> if you didn't notice that we've been the talking whole the about whole that. the whole concept of this of this chick is basically fighting a bureaucracy and b people that don't believe what she thinks and c don't have interest in science for sciences and research's sake. That's where we're at in the movie. At this point, we've gotten very little 
plotting. Just sure. Well, so far in the movie, these characters. so far in the movie, we've had time to just establish who, who, who's who and, and sort of what they believe. And you can tell sort of so early on that because there's such a focus on 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 that aspect of it that it's you know going to come into play later. Although for me, you know what I like most about the movie is really not so much those aspects of it, but once they start getting the signal and and it's kind of uh, you know chasing around uh, down the the path that uh, the uh, the signal sets down. Uh, from the it is worth guys. noting we're over half an hour into the movie at this point, and <coughs> it still really hasn't started. Well, we're, it's all introduction. Well, we've, it's yeah. we're, we're coming to plot. But point. listen, we're coming to is, plot. This, point that's one. because we're hypocrites, Brian. We're coming to plot. <laughs> we're coming to the plot point. That's one of the good things, though, is that the turning this, point. This oh, sure, is I'm not, not a. This I'm not citing it as a flaw. I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. pointing it out. Yeah, it's not a typical blockbuster movie where there's well, they're no. leading to a bunch of action in the in the back. You have to have been the. There's almost no action in this film. Well, yeah. There's a cool sequence at the end. There's a pretty badass you know sequence at the very end, but you have to wait for it. But that's you know again. That's you have to be Robert Zemeckis, you know, and you have to be Jodie Foster, and you, you know, you have to, you have to be able to get a movie like this through a studio, you know, because this is not a, you know, this is a movie that a studio is going to go, oh yeah, it's full of all kinds of messages that America doesn't like at all. <laughs> um, we'd love to spend loads of money on that movie. Um, so and then here's but, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, this was but, over ten years ago, and Larry King literally yeah. looks the same. <laughs> that's that's now. There's some you know. If anything to make me believe in the supernatural, I think that <laughs> might be the one thing. Um, the but that's and that's why I think I don't know. Zeme- I, you know Zemeckis and I, you know, we worked on Polar Express. I was in the same room with him a couple of times, but he and I never sat down and talked about faith. Um, so I have no idea what his stance is. But I don't think he would have made a movie like this if he wasn't kind of in the ballpark that we are as well. Um, but I think he did, you know, the, the script and Sagan's, when Sagan's book. Sagan was always very good at, you know, where, in, in, where Dawkins is a little more like, no, come on, stop being idiots. There's no God. Will you please stop talking about that? Dawkins is a little more in your face. He's pretty militant. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sagan was always very much more even-handed and came at things with a much more educational kind of... Almost philosophical. Think about it this way. Just, just think about it. You know, think, approach it. In, a much, a much. Uh, he was trying to ease you into. Yeah, it, and and, and if nothing else, he would go. Well, let me let you into a, you know a different way of looking at something at the very least, and you can take or leave how how you know why I approach something in a certain way, um, and that sensibility informs the book and this movie. Except for the very end, is very faithful to Sagan's book. So this has definitely got his fingerprints all over it still. And I think what Zemeckis and company have mostly done is very faithfully translated not just the events, but the vibe and the, the, the underlying feel the of the book, or the tone of, of what's... So I think yeah, a lot of this is coming from Sagan. That's something I wanted to ask you as... as or and you and Brian. Wow, he's green there like an alien in his glasses. Totally. That's funny. Um, as, as far as sort of... As guys who probably know Sagan a lot better than I do, sort of how, how do you think... Because he, he did die during the production He died, yeah. Movie. At the end, there's a credit. Um, so, pr- I mean, well, presumably since he sort of, you know, screen wrote it and, and whatnot and was there for some of it, that he would sort of like the way it ended up. But, you know, I, I was going to ask how, how you guys felt about how its its spirit compares to. Uh, I what think he would it's I think do. it's dead on. Yeah, Trey. I, 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 read read the book? I, I haven't read the book. Trey read the book. But what yeah. I what I have of you know have read of Sagan and what I've what I know of Sagan, it seems dead on to me. I, yeah. I haven't read any Sagan. However, I I've seen a lot of his interviews and him talking in his show. I think this is a really bad comp on. right here. 
Yeah, her hair, her forehead yeah. turned transparent. All right, now we just yeah. got some bringing back we to Ryan Weaver with the whole sound effects thing. Right <laughs> off the bat, I want this to be my ringtone forever yeah. for the rest of my life. Great One in a long line of really cool alien signal sounds. Yeah, you had exactly. this. You had the arrival of the year before. Right. You had Independence, Independence Day, Day also had that, the year before. Had that burbly little. Yeah. Or oh, that's another one. Mission to Mars had one. Oh yeah, Mission to Mars had a good, had a good burbly moments in that movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Brian. Sorry. Sorry. Now, now, okay. Now, on other episodes, we have to point this out. Other episodes, we have discussed the as you know scene. Now, if there was ever a movie that you would think a lesser, you know, ham-fisted director or writer would make a would turn into a gigantic. You know, ass bleeding, as you know, scene. <laughs> <laughs> wow! It, it would be it would be this because they would go, oh, we can't have a ten minute scene of astronomers talking astronomy talk without helping the audience through what the hell they're talking about. This movie, if nothing else, re- re- recognize has the guts. To do this scene yeah. where these characters have this conversation without a speck of, as you know, full going on. of meaningful and getting jargon, it, getting, getting it right, it. and, and you, getting and it right. Well, this it's communicated. This sequence is a is a great lesson in the fact. I mean, you you can watch Star Trek or any other science fiction in the world and. They have this techno babble, and it means nothing. It's the positronic radiation with the gamma. That's where it literally means nothing. It's like yeah. this is what solves our problem. This is techno, no. this is techno gibberish that we're gonna just say, but the characters will say it as if they are saying what our characters right here are saying. The only difference, it's it's exactly the same. It's, it's the, just real words. The it's do it, the, the doing, what the characters are doing is exactly the same, and what comes across the audience, unless you happen to be an actual astronomer, is exactly the same. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It it just doesn't matter so if there's no if reason not to use the right words. Yeah. Brian, thought, what you're saying is that Star Trek is stupid, right? <laughs> no, what I'm saying. Yeah, I seem to be saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is it doesn't matter because this this is technobabble right here. As since none of us are actual astrophysicists or astronomers, for us this might as well be the tachyon radiation of the the, yeah. the gamma field. There's a hidden cut coming up, by the way, in this thing. But she's she's just I'll, I, uh, I, I'm gonna let you finish. But uh, but she st- that was the real that was a real shot of the VLA at night, which her getting out of her car. She goes through this door, boom, and now we're oh, on. I saw the yeah. cut right. And there. now we're on a set. I just saw it actually. There's a, there's a bit of a morph going on, but it's mostly just a that cut. That's pretty good. But uh, now we're on a set. But this, as she's gonna run into the scanning room, the tracking room, and now outside the VLA that you think she just came in from, that's a big. Uh, uh, it's either an effect shot or a translite. I forget which, but it's it's. Not, mm-hmm. It's not the real. But there's actual. At all. There's movement in there, so it's, it's probably, probably, yeah, it's probably, probably a, tra- a big translate. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you were you were saying about. The I just. Uh, I think it's a good lesson in, in terms of techno babble and avoiding an as you know scene. It's it's well, the, you know, what, goes, I think the difference about this is that the techno babble is not there to deliberately confuse you. It's there because it's you, you're not actually listening to what they're saying. You're listening to how they're acting and behaving yeah. to this. Which and is the, right. you got to do this. They're really on the ball. You got to set this. Up, you got to do this. It goes back to. I mean, the the core of it is the the doing of the actor, the human activity, what what the actors and what the characters are actually doing. And as long as that's clear, the words don't mean anything whatsoever. The dialogue is completely unimportant. As mm-hmm, long as yeah. the doing and how they feel about what they're doing is clear, you're yep. fine. You know, and it doesn't matter whether it's real. For them real to all be reacting this way, it's got to yeah. be a huge you, deal. Yeah. You know and you get another, that because of the way they're behaving. Absolutely. You know what's another good example? And this is kind of a strange left field one, but it, 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 it always, whenever I hear it, and the first time I heard it, I was like, wow, that's, you can just tell that that's, is, um, <laughs> this is going to be made, made be too much of a left hook for you but um holly hunter in the incredibles mm-hmm. flying the plane oh, oh yeah. yeah 
Yeah. The whole there are children on board. Scene. There are children on board. We were, we were buddy spice. She's calling every, Mayday. Everything Mayday. she's yeah. saying in India Gold Niner Niner. Yeah, everything she's saying is the real thing. Yeah, the real deal. Is. And she's nailing it. I mean, it's like you know she and, and, and it doesn't t- matter what she's saying. And it's that she's that terrifying. And, and they but they and they talk about that. They talk about that in the in the commentary tracks. They talk about how Holly Hunter. She very specifically studied so that she would understand what she was saying, so she could inflect it properly, so she could mm-hmm. do it right. Yeah. yeah, and that's you know that's why Holly Hunter, another actress, smart. Smart person, smart, smart, smart lady, can't can't miss it on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just I admire that so much that she did that. As opposed to, and we can we could go on for the rest of the commentary and name actors and actresses who say words mm-hmm. that they clearly not only do they not know specifically what the words are, they don't even understand the concepts that are supposed to be behind the words. We're they not going to say the it. name of the blonde scientist who can defigure out whatever the fuck at. <laughs> The, the defense uh, in Transformers. We don't yeah. know her name, which is why we're not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But her. Now, what's funny is that on, sc- on on a screenplay, on paper, when you're looking at this in your office with your, you've got someone that like an illegal immigrant with your, you've got your feet on their back, like that kind of thing. I can't imagine <laughs> okay. you approving a scene where there's eight or ten pages of nothing but. People talking Can gibberish and looking at an oscilloscope. I want to see the studio notes on that. It's like uh, this this ten pages here where I didn't understand anything anyone said. Where they're just saying numbers back and forth to each yeah. other. Um, and then and know. Zemeckis going, like, yeah. "Fuck you, I'm Zemeckis." Like I said, only Zemeckis. You, know, you have to be Zemeckis to go. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. We're totally going to make it work. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I made back to the future. Those are primes. Two, three, there five, it is. Seven. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Now, yeah. Trey, you read the I book. Like this, I like this guy's reaction, like where he's like, "Oh, now it's getting real for him." The primes is what makes uh-huh. it real for him. Trey, totally. the book doesn't. Yeah. It ha- does, how much does it have to do with the, the language of math? Uh, it's it, again. This is uh, this is pretty much a direct and completely faithful translation of of the book, uh, event for event. The, like the only the only place that this movie deviates from the book in any significant way is the the last what what constitutes basically the last five pages of the book, which has a little coda of a story um, that the movie does not include. And uh, and, I, that, and I and I totally and, and and I'm not going to be one of those people that go yeah and they totally ruined it because they didn't use the ending of the book. Um, well, I love the ending of the book, and you really should read the book. And if not, just flip through and read the last chapter <laughs> because it has a whole other ending that this movie doesn't do. Um, but I totally understand why they didn't do it in the movie. And doesn't mm-hmm. this movie kind of interestingly approximate the ending of the book in a way that works for the it, screen? It, it kind of tries to bring out the same message, and it just the move the book is much more direct in bringing out the message. The Referring same. to James Wood going, that is that interesting. is interesting. Yeah, that that was their, the eighteen that's their, the eighteen hours of static. That's their replacement. The uh, the book is the book is more direct in terms of answering the question that the movie leaves a little more open but the reason i i I, my guess would would absolutely be the reason they left it out was it's just such a hard concept to try and get across in a filmic way that the book can just tell you what it is the book just says the words and you go oh okay that's awesome but a, a movie would have a hard time presenting that to you in a movie form so it's. I wish you know, it would have been great if they could have had that idea in the in the movie as well, but um, but it doesn't have it now. It's, now here, now here's what this is, a, this is a great example I think of trust. I love helicopters in the VLA. Yeah. I love it. That's great. <laughs> Look at this. There's no this, lens flares. This is an example of trusting. This is example of trusting the audience and and being successful at it. Um, now we're going to basically have a giant retroactive, as you know, scene by bringing in James Woods and having him go. I don't understand any of it. Somebody explain it, and they go okay. And now they're going to explain everything that we just watched them do mm-hmm. you without know, it being explained. What's I think, interesting that I hadn't noticed before that the 
So the reason they know this is an intelligent signal is because it's, it's primes. And only something with intelligence, because a sequence of prime numbers like that doesn't exist in nature in any way. Right. So that's how, that's how we would know, is a sequence of prime numbers. And it goes from 2 to 101, which is basically 2 to 100. And it's interesting, because the, the only reason why the base 10 system works yeah. for us, why it makes sense to us on a natural level, is because we have 10, we have 10 fingers, fingers and 10 toes. And so if you had a race... Aliens a species, probably won't be base 10. It's yeah. unlikely. If you had a race that had four fingers or seven fingers, their math would most likely be base, base four or base seven. So mm-hmm. their natural ending point would not be around 100. It would right. be around... Well, but the, this message is for us. That's very clear. Yeah, oh, this, that's, okay. This that's message is, yeah, as far as the this movie knows, sent, yeah, they mes- did see how many fingers Hitler had. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, me- this message is being sent back to oh, us. It's God. Got, it's got Hitler at the beginning, and it's got a drawing of a human being in the machine. Yeah, so what you guys are saying is that this is we our and Hitler th- have a lot in common. Yeah, totally. More than you think. I know. Um, so this this is the message that you know the vegans, which they're not actually vegans because vegans they, I they, think. they do eat it's meat. But the, <laughs> the um, uh-huh, I see what I did there. Um, that the yeah, and they aren't actually vegans because it turns out that Vega is just the way station. They're not from there either. Right. Um, Vega is Moss Eisley. Yeah. Um, they're more wretched hive of scum and villainy and wormhole, wormholes. Um, that this is, you know, they, they got our signal. This is their, it's very, it's equivalent to 2001 in that way. It's like, okay, we're going to send you this back. And if you ever reach the point where you can do something with it, then we'll meet you, you know, because yeah. you'll come to us. And that'll be how we know you're ready to, to mm-hmm. go to the next level. Um, so, so yeah, the, the, the message is tailored for us, which is why it has Hitler and it's in base 10 and everything else. They, they did that. They translated the, it for us. I had a buddy in an effects place. We were talking about uh, celebrity interactives, which it's not like a, a weird effects thing. It's just when you live in L.A., you'll meet a celebrity every now and then. And uh, he and I, who both happen to be in an effects place, we're having this conversation. And he's like, I'm standing at this deli, right? And all of a sudden I hear, so how do you order in this place? <laughs> I'm telling you from his point of view. And I turn around and I, it's James Woods. And I say, oh my God, you're James Woods. <laughs> and he looks at me like I'm an asshole. And then he goes, yeah. How do you order in this place? <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a quintessential James Woods moment. It's like, a, yeah, I know I'm James Woods. I have a different question. <laughs> I woke up this morning already aware of being James Woods. Do you guys I've f- moved on. Was we're about to introduce Black like we're about, in this movie? We're about to introduce... No, it wasn't. He was, he, he's been Grace in childhood like Steve Martin. Yeah. We're about to introduce two very important themes. We've been talking about atheism for an hour and a half. We've got the... Government response and the scientific. social response. Oh yeah, actually, there's three. There's the scientific, there's the military, government, and and the general so, population. So let me let me ask you this: How do you guys responses. feel about the representation in the film? I mean, it's filmmaking, right? Of, of of the the bureaucrats, of the people out in the street who are the crazy enough to come out to Las Vegas and do this, or wherever this is in Arizona. I think it's in New, Arizona. New Mexico. New Mexico. Mexico. That's right. I'm sorry. You're right. It's New Mexico. Yeah. And also, and also the and also the scientist guys. I mean, does this feel like an accurate representation of? I think on CNN, I'd be seeing this. I think the offices of the government and various departments would be going like, oh, and I think the scientists would be saying, Meh. I think yeah. the one thing I find difficult to believe uh, in this movie is once Hitler shows up on that screen, I don't think the government would ever build the machine. I think the pl- <laughs> the plug would get pulled immediately, and that would be the end of it, and nobody would ever know. And hmm. that I, honestly, that's why the, because that's, of Hitler. Yeah, because I think uh, governments. Yeah, I think politicians tend to react. We can't deal with Hitler. I think t- uh, politicians and government bureaucrats tend to react uh, reactionary 
it's stupid to say react reactionarily and or but, and or react on the assumption that the public will be reactionary and that that means yeah. the fact that hitler is what we got means something with a capital m I think, it doesn't mean anything it's just the first thing that went yeah. out yeah i think well i think the dual circumstances of aliens from space send us hitler I think would be such an extraordinary uh, combination that the the reasonable answer of well that's just the first strong image that we sent out would never be able to penetrate the um, s- some of the smaller minds that exist in government. And, well, and, there's, and there's a lot of very <clears throat> there's a lot of very smart people uh, that do ex- that do serve in government, and so it's not a denigration on all of them by any mean, by any means. But well, I think I think we it, it's 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 no stretch at all to assume that if that. Truth, truth did reach the general public. If that actually happened, yeah, there was a segment of the public that would go batshit in ways you can't freaking imagine. Right? You they think was, they got pissed over healthcare? Yeah, they Holy would. Yeah, they, they would lose their minds. <laughs> you know, there'd be ten thousand. I mean, my god, the internet would be closed for two days. It would be twice as you know, it would be a double Michael Jackson. Is that? But is that the, what but the, first the, but the point is, was? I think. I think what's that? Is that of what any the first was? Strength. Was the Olympic openings for Hitler in the mid thirties? Yeah, yeah, of, any, the, of any great uh, yeah, powers. It was the Third Reich demonstrating his technological prowess. Yeah, to broadcast. To the, the broadcast world, that the, the Olympics had started. Yeah, yeah. To, to that the, the, the great who, uh, Olympic in, yeah. uh, in, so in the great so city of Berlin. So insofar as the Wikipedia facts, the first thing that would have even gotten there, it wouldn't have, would have been this first powerful broadcast of the Germans in the mid-30s doing the Olympics. In terms of video, we've been sending right. out radio for years before then. You know, but uh, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just not the same. Quite, it's it's it's, it's, it's an easier signal to decode. So we presume the you know the aliens got a twenty year head start to start to hear. And oh, now there's pictures. Oh look, oh, they're yeah. putting pictures and in. And they even had to figure out interlist fields. Yeah, I know. Go that's, aliens. That's why I, 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 I even even that, people that work in the industry that creates those. That's where the movies don't know what's going on. Strange credulity to me. Yeah, I have enough yeah. trouble properly formatting a movie to upload to YouTube, much less figuring out how to <laughs> encode an alien video signal to coming from space. Yeah. So. Is it clever? A beautiful, you know, inter, inter yeah, uh, intercut little, here of Clinton. He, he does feel like he's cut out of an exterior shot here, though. It's, you can tell in the lighting. Well, he's no, he's no, it's a, it's a shot of him. It's it's not. But it's a shot no, of him no, giving a speech on the website. They, 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 they just the added those him, those basically. fake effects scan lines to make yeah. everything tie together. And by the way, whatever you can do to tie it together works. Noise, grain, sure. weird black levels, they, they, scan lines, whatever you can the, do. They learned the lesson from Forrest Gump. And as much, as, much, mm-hmm. as much play as Forrest Gump got for its JFK, and its, those are the, you know, the least successful effects in that movie. They were embarrassing then. They're, you know, the, the, you know the, this pasted-on babe pig in the city lip movement they did on JFK and, and uh, you know, all this, uh, Nixon and all those people. It's like, I can't <laughs> believe they ever let that get out into the general public. I can't believe that that didn't destroy the movie, but, uh, you know. Meanwhile, the whole Washington Monument Plaza yeah. populated, that's an effect. All the effects that and you... And it's completely perfect. All the effects you never saw in Forrest Gump are the amazing effects. The effects that got all the attention are the least well-done effects in the whole movie. So in this one, they said, no, let's not do that lip thing. We got away with it once, and I can't believe we well, did. Yeah, we'll find some real footage Let's just of find Clinton. some real footage No, no, Clinton. that wasn't so even they, that. They, got, they got lucky because they yeah, happened... Yeah. They, if you remember in the late 90s, is we the Mars found rover, right? the, the Mars rock, and they Mars found rock, it in Antarctica, yeah. a meteorite that was from Mars, and that they thought might uh, some microbial, uh, some microscopic uh, structures on it might have been uh, fossilized life. And so he had Nerd. this press conference, and then and they were like, oh my God, Whoa. stop recording. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can, we can tell <laughs> so, somebody in Zemeckis' production off right office there. like, turn the VCR on, turn the VCR yeah. on. Although you're not watching Forrest Gump, you're thinking about it. Go back yeah. and watch it. Yep. The Gary Shinny's legs thing. 
They never ever once pull a punch, and it never ever w- yeah. doesn't work. It's and always perfect. The making of the making of on Forrest Gump is quite fascinating, as I'm sure the making of this is quite fascinating too. Because this, you know, there's a million. I mean, I, I know I read the Synfax article. I've never seen a making of, but uh, you know, there's a million hidden fixes and tweaks and changes. We talked about some of the more overt ones and the shots that are clearly, oh, that was interesting, bizarro shot they just did. But they've done all kinds of sky replacement and and clean up and so mm-hmm. on. And Zemeckis movies were among the earlier movies to ever do those kinds of things in a movie. Was there anything like that going on in Back to the Future? I mean, obviously they did some really yeah, elaborate a, cloning in Back to the Future 3. A couple of effects in Back to the Future, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they had rotoscoping. They had the fucking flashing DeLorean and stuff. But was there anything insane until all of a sudden there are two Michael J. Foxes and neither of them are shaking? It's a lot of, it's <laughs> wow, a lot of, it's a, it's a lot of camera stabilization plus too cloning. Soon. It's not too soon. <laughs> Michael J. Fox is laughing. I know. What's up, Mike? I don't think Back to the Future has anything that I can think of in terms of groundbreaking effects. It just has an excellent use of, you know. What's it, there? Yeah, it's like. And it's like, excellent screenwriting. You know, ILM is just kind of like, well, what are we going to do next? Well, Zemeckis has got some time travel movie. All right, I'll do that. You know, then, then they started to push, you know, they started to push it in two and three is when they started to get crazy with the cloning it, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. motion control and, and so the, on. And right. the fake Crispin Glovers. I wonder what's interesting about, uh, I wonder if what's interesting about Robert Zemeckis is that he's always been pushing these weird new ideas on us in addition to being a more than adequate filmmaker storyteller yeah he's also been pushing this effect stuff on us with back to the future sequels and forrest gump and this oh he and he sort of he sort of eclipsed us around polar express time and he's been kind of off on that tangent since then with beowulf and yeah i know you saw beowulf i did too no i didn't neither did you (laughs) nobody saw beowulf nobody saw beowulf and and christmas carol shut up brian i'll slap nobody saw beowulf (laughs) (laughs) jordy laforge is here go go talk to him go bye and also fucking like christmas i make i made fun of brian because he likes star trek and also um (laughs) uh, christmas carol he's like i think bob's a magus has always got it he's never been the guy that didn't get it and was trying it and failed He's always got it, and he's probably sitting in his house right now, frustrated with us, the watch, yeah. the movie watching audience, as being us? like, "Why don't they see that this is the future?" Yeah. And I'll bet you, in the end of the day, he'll be right. Unfortunately for him, we'll be looking back in forty years and going, "Man, Avatar really changed everything," and he'll be yeah. like, "God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it Fuck you, Jim!" It should have been Beowulf, but it was Avatar. Well, well no, Zemeckis has always had a really interesting way with the progression of technology and being, I'll put my name on the line. Let's do that movie, please. Yeah, often he's well, way, he is way out in front. Um, Castaway was, was uh, you know, the first. Yeah, you know, yeah, Castaway one, is mind-boggling. Um, mm-hmm. Forrest Gump has all kinds of stuff going on in it that was certainly rare at the time and, and difficult and barely possible at the time and now has become commonplace since Sky Replacement and so on. Um, he, Castaway he, was shot on a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, not Dude. all of it. Not all of it. They actually went to a real island. But the, the shot of Tom Hanks climbing up on the top of the mountain, looking out at the, at the waves yeah. breaking down below, that is the Sony parking lot. Yeah, Culver City, Moy. Yeah, Google Maps that shit. It's a city and uh, it's no beach. Going to the Bake Off that year, it was you know it was like the Bake Off that year was when things it was. The Bake Off that year and the next few years, it was very interesting because suddenly invisible effects were happening. And Castaway was the beginning of that uh, of that trend where it's like, you know, this is your visual effects reel? 15 minutes of Tom Hanks on the beach? The pre-nominees you know, what, what, the the hell you, what the hell are yeah. you doing? You know, yeah. what the hell is this about? And then they, go, they have to go, no, he's not on a beach. That beach never existed. That sky isn't real. Those islands aren't real. He's in the Sony parking lot for that shot. And you're like, wait, what? That's what you can do that with visual effects now? It's not all dinosaurs and spaceships? Now I don't know what to think. So that's when the Bake Off got really bizarre because people, you know. You, you what are we pre- even looking at? You're trying to present Castaway. 
you just show you're showing shots. I mean, they have a plane crash. Okay, plane crash. Great, I got it. I see that's visual effects. Mm-hmm. But then you know, Tom Hanks like, on a beach. Tom Hanks sitting on a beach, and you're like, w- did you not have enough effect shots? To sh- no, that is the effect shot, dummy. The Whoa, Bake Off is I didn't the, know uh, you could the, do an effect the shot Academy like Awards pre nominees for visual effects. Yeah. They, Meet up at this thing called the Bake Off. They have a list of, of seven films. By the time they narrow it down to the Bake Off, they have seven films and uh, all the voting members of the Academy. But it's open to the public if you know when it is. It's just not promoted. But if you go and stand in line as a non-member, you can go. You can't vote. You can't ask questions. But you get to be there and uh, see what's presented and so on. <laughs> and Castaway comes up and you're like – And Castaway uh, comes up and you're and, – and, and so the guy <laughs> had to – you know, the fellow who presented, whoever it was, it was, should have been almost certainly Ralston because that was Sony again and, uh, you know, same guys. You know, Zemeckis uses the same people over and over again. Um, you know, this is a double effect shot right here. Yeah, it's a real shot that they added scan lines to, so they could do this little fade through here. And it's a clone of you know lots of. You All know, of a sudden, yeah, you're looking at this and you go, "Holy shit!" Some of that means that whole shot was full of cars, right? Yeah. The answer is no. No, it was not. So, so uh, they did an excellent. 2.5D matte painting, and then added scan lines, and then faded the scan lines out. Now it's, I will it's say, an impossibly difficult yeah. shot. I, to I go back s- to your earlier question yeah. uh, about how realistic, I think yeah. this is absolutely, I think, to the point that it still sends a shiver up yeah. my spine. I think it's this it's is, a Vega Tea Party. This is exactly what all the yeah. non-dangerously crazy people in the country would do. This, yeah, is, a re- totally. this is the reaction. That little, that little truck that had the alien abduction insurance is actually a yeah. real company that they just had come out for the sh- for yeah the, for the show. There you go. I mean, I I, I don't know. You know oh my the, god! I don't know the behind the scenes, but this is one of those things <laughs> where you go, okay, everybody, we're doing a movie. Hitler lives. There uh, it is, yeah. Brian. There yeah, it is. Course, those yeah. guys would totally. Yeah. Be those there. guys would absolutely those be there. They'd be going. Cool. This is so awesome. We couldn't have asked for a better break. The it, Vega, are, the are Vega we, Car are, Club. I love. Aren't I love we also going to get a uh, Viva Las Vega? Yeah, there's yeah. a Viva Las Vega guy, and then next thing you know, crazy. Crazy, We're also, crazy Gary, Gary Jesus Jake We're also about yeah. to get uh, a little bit of the handy Jake Busey for our movie. Yeah. When you want yeah. some crazy, go to the Buseys. And um, it's funny because there's a thing here in L.A., brief tangent, called Lucha Vavum, <laughs> where it's, it's Mexican Lucha Libre wrestling, usually midgets, and also burlesque dancers. So if you want to get drunk, come to L.A., watch some midgets fight, and then see some tits... Call me, and I'll show you where Lucha Boom is. Who does it? I mean, my what's God. Fu- what's funny is that this one time we went there, and I'm with my girlfriend, and she says, who's that guy that looks like he could be Gary Busey's son? And, I, and, I, and my brain pans over, and I go, oh, it's Jake Busey. And out loud, I'm saying, oh, that's, that's Gary Busey's son. Later in the show, a Mexican jumped on him from the second balcony. Go to Lucha Boom. Call me. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that happens on an average night. If the, if the Nazis had won the war, that's what, yeah. that's what that's, United that's States what would be, be like. With. Exactly. Lucha Vavum, where Jake Busey can get a little bitty Lucha Libre midget wrestler from the sky. But that's my, you know, I'm not, a, and I'm not a government person, but I, you know, I, and so my, maybe if I work for the government, my reaction would be different. But I think that no matter what the average person believes or doesn't believe about, you know, life and whether there's life on other planets, I think there'd be about, you know, a couple of months of the whole world kind of going, huh? And then everyone would just sort of get their head around the idea and incorporate mm-hmm. it into their lives and we'd just move on just in the same way that we'll never, ever, ever get over 9-11. When's the last time you thought about 9-11? It was nine years ago. You know, it's part of our lives, but we just have incorporated it. You know, I come from an era. I come from an era when, my God, AIDS is changing everything about the way we live. It's like, well, now we just live with it. That's just how it is. I think if we go, there's conclusive proof that there's alien life, intelligent life broadcasting to us. We'd have a six month period where all of the world poops our pampers, as and Pat Oswalt would actually, say, and, and then we, we just get District Nine, and then we just go back to work and deal with it. It's true. Then we get. District I've had 9. this conversation with with religious people or with people about religion, saying, well. 
once the aliens come, that'll be the final nail in the coffin for religion because they won't be able to no, deal with that. Like, if no. only were that simple. <laughs> if uh, yeah. why are fossils here? If Brian? new, if new evidence were God is testing us, dude. If new evidence was able to uh, dissuade religious people, it would have happened a long time ago. And by the way, we're not talking about, and we're not talking about the masses of religious people. No, I am. Just the crazy ones, the ones that are crazy and happen to prescribe to Christianity. Uh, Why are fossils here? Uh, uh, fucking dot dot dot. God yeah. is testing us. Those guys. Kirk Cameron, take the, the, it for the 50 one, points. The, the, the ones among any population that can't be reasoned with are the ones that we're going to. And by the way, there are way fewer represented in this movie in that huge shot yeah. than there would be. Yeah, <laughs> There'd be a Woodstock outside of fucking the VLA. They, they, they had the Nazis and they had Jake Busey, and that's that's. There's more crazy than that on in the world. More flavors of crazy. There is so much crazy, it's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're about to get we're about to get Ladies and gentlemen, this this movie has two alien alien callbacks. It has both uh, John Hurt and Tom Skerritt in it. Tom Skerritt and John Hurt. Yeah. About to get our John Hurt representing Get Fleur a hurt on. Got to get a hurt on now. Imagine if uh, if Carl Sagan was Bill <laughs> this Gates. This Learjet is the real Hurt Locker. Yeah. If Carl Sagan Oh, wham, boom. There's your t-shirt for the show. If Carl Sagan was Bill Gates, you'd get this guy. Yeah, if Carl Sagan true. was crazy right. and, and, and crazy and rich, blind rich, Carl Sagan would go, I'm going to live in space. Meanwhile, we do get an excellent evasion of all the as-you-know problems in one scene because the answers that haven't been given to us by more clever means of screenwriting are giving us to us by this weird god character. Yeah, and, I, and in a video comes mon- out of nowhere and he says, and by it, the way, Vega works this way. And in a video montage, no less. I do think the video montage is a little... Uh, simplistic it's it is an as you know scene about a person's life to that person and it's like to me it takes it, it, it i don't I'm, there's, well, it's no, not, it's not no the point of it that. is not the, the purpose of it is is not to introduce you to her character it's to introduce you to this character and yeah. that he he's watched her he his snaps his fingers and then he has everything that your wikipedia wishes it could be <laughs> yeah that, that he's been watching her all along uh-huh. and that, that, is, that is the intent and i see that's the intent but it's still comes across to me it jumps out more like wow Mm -hmm. look how many old photos of jodie foster we got together for this movie (laughs) it's a little showy and uh, although i have to say if it's try and find a zemeckis movie that does not include this movie has it in in a video form but try and find a zemeckis movie that does not have the long slow tracking pan across a person's artifacts that tells you all kinds of backstory about them Mm. um back to the future obviously famously starts with Mm -hmm. it but he does it in castaway he does it in this Mm -hmm. movie with this video montage it's a little differently done but it also happened in the childhood home where we went through the the house very slowly and we saw that you know the we saw the artifacts of their life together and that told us all this exposition it's a Zemeckisy thing, and some people are a little well, interesting. It's, some it's, people are a little sick a of it. Trick. Some people are a little sick of it, and some people are even like you know think it's lazy filmmaking to do the. And now I'm going to tell you lots of interesting things about this character in a long slow pan across the things they've chosen to decorate their wall with. But it's just one of the things that Zemeckis does, and there's no there's no denying that it uh, you know it it gets the job done. What is uh, SETI? I've seen that in Independence Day in Contact. Search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Is it a real thing? It is a real yeah, thing. Very real. How's that going? What's the answer? Uh, nothing yet. None so far. However, they did do a cool thing. Uh, they started several years ago. Steady at home. Steady at home. Steady yeah. at home is fun. They uh, and which is, is that the iPhone app? <laughs> I'm, I'd be shocked if it isn't an iPhone app. It probably right now. is an iPhone app. Basically, it's a uh, it's a program you can download to your computer, and any uh, un any unused processor power that your computer is using at any given time, you donate to the render farm of SETI. Basically, yeah. exactly. someone is basically a giant. They made a worldwide a worldwide raid. 
Yeah, yeah. In, in, in a way, for, for reasons exactly this movie brings up is SETI because it's not a critical pro- project and it's not you know military and it's not going to save us. Throwing from, trillions, not going to save us from the Russians. They're they're always fighting for funding and funding is you know computer time and and telescope time. So someone, and, the, and the problem is more computer time than yeah, telescope time. So, the problem was always so, we have all of this data that we've collected. But we just don't have the processors to, to go through it because it's so much data. Are you donating your time to study at home, Brian? I was for a while. I haven't in a long time. You have to have a good internet connection and so on. But but the idea of it is, yeah, you... you There's you, way you, too much porn coming into this apartment. Yeah, I mean, come on. Well, it, it totally slowed down my World of Warcraft, and I was trying to level my orc. But the... the and, uh, <laughs> my orc? Can you play an orc? painful that can be. No, I actually play a tauren. That was a Lord asking. of the Rings thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just walk into a trap? Oh, God. No, orc. No, I'm a tauren. What are you talking about? I'm Level 62 Torrin Hunter. I mean, come on. But uh, what? We're about to stumble into I don't know really what those words mean, and you can't make me admit what? Trey, did you just admit something about yourself? I just shared a little something about wow. myself. Wow. There's a. Uh, I do play. We're about to stumble into some very interesting Look plotting. for me on the Chogall server. Oh, my God. Now it's totally out. We're going to find out. <laughs> Wait, do you really play World of Warcraft? I do play World of Warcraft. I like it. I didn't know that shit. All right, cool. <laughs> I we're just derailed the whole commentary. We're about to. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Stumble into the something. The point is... One of the, one of the questions at the very end of the movie, which I'm assuming you've seen, so we can talk about it now, yeah. is, is this whole thing really Ezra Haddon's idea? And the first clue we get to make us go... Like, the first mm. thing that Elliot Ness, or, you know, what is, what's his name? Fucking Kevin Costner and JFK would go, back or to the left. Ezra Haddon knew how to decode Vagan. Right off the bat, he shows, well, yeah, but if you think like a Vagan, and he takes the three pieces of paper and goes... Mwah! And it's it's one half of a cube. He's basically connecting three pieces of paper at their edges to create this mm-hmm. this readable dictionary for the vegan language. Right off the bat is the question, did he just make that shit up? Because obviously it's right. I would have never come to that conclusion. The two questions – uh, the question at hand is, did he create it or is he just that smart? What do you guys think they're trying to say? So wait, what's your theory that he? Well, I have my my theory is I didn't even relate my theory into the question. But he's looking at these three pieces of thing and going, "What if you do right here? We're watching it right now. One, two, three pages and pages, three dimensional, and he connects them at the edges. Is that something that the character Esther Haddon figured out?" Or is that something that the character of Ezra Haddon knew because he created the whole and, conspiracy? And got tired of waiting for them to follow his trail of breadcrumbs and figure it out. What do you guys think? Meant to. I so think, so I think, you're saying, I think you're, he figured it out. Well, you're, the, you're saying that it, is it something that he figured out? In oh, the no, I think it's real. real. I don't think Ezra Haddon had anything to do with it oh, in, okay. in, in the terms of the movie. But I'm asking you the question as if I don't have an answer. Well, well, it's weird because what's the end game? Is that he 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 designed this giant gyro machine that well, that's what that's you through and yeah. then well, well, and now it's bent. Well, together. that's the the, the is. thing is that's the that's the scapegoat that they hang on Jodie Foster at the end of the movie. That's James Woods' whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, in public is no this whole thing. Go back to your houses. Go back to sleep, everyone. This whole thing was a crazy hoax by the dead scapegoated H.R. Haddon. Right. They're, the old alien thing. It never happened. The machine doesn't work. It was a crazy, crazy thing. Um, um, but it was all this H.R. Haddon's fault, you know, to try and just dissuade, no, it's it, it actually is all true, and the universe turns out to be even weirder than we ever thought, and we're just not going to tell you any more about it. Um, that's what they're covering up. That's what the movie is telling us, and that it's covering up, and that's the whole... You know, eighteen minutes of of eighteen hours of recording, and that is interesting. That James, that is a little clue that James Woods, in public, he's saying to Jodie Foster, "It's all bullshit," and you got hoodwinked by Haddon, mm-hmm. and that's all this is. Case closed. In private, he knows that's not the case. It's just the story he's putting out there. That's right. what the movie is telling you. Um, I think it's interesting because it's one of those things where 
and it happens all the time, sadly, in real life, where it's an explanation that people would go, yeah, yeah, it was totally Haddon, and you have to be ignorant of all it would have taken for this to have been a hoax that hadn't put together <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to know that that can't be the case, that that's impossible for that to have and been the case. And we didn't land on the moon. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Well, that's, and we're back to my pet and thing. We're, we're back to my pet thing. There, there, are plenty of, there are plenty of things that people believe, you know, that's how it is, but they can only believe that because they don't have enough information to recognize that that can't be how it is. So if you're, you know, if you don't believe we land on the moon, you don't understand enough about how we landed on the moon and why it's so clear it's actually, that we did that. Yeah, it'd be, and, and they kind of they briefly did it for you in in sort of techno babble at the beginning, but it's it would also be extremely difficult to fake a, a transmission from yeah and know. fake it around the world to everyone around the yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. And it's and by the way, hadn't just sort of pulled this machine out of his ass that does all these things that exactly. no one's yeah, ever who, seen yeah. before. Who designed the machine in the first place? Yeah. So the idea that we have here almost unilaterally, is that Haddon is just smart and interested, but not the creator of this whole scheme. Right? Yeah, yeah. in right. real life. And the, and the only, the yeah, only, I think the, the movie thing is that, pretty clear about that. The only thing he's adding is he is a super genius, and he's the one who said, guys, look at the, look at the paper, look at these pages, not as pages, but as geometric shapes, and you'll realize that the primer is a three-dimensional thing and not a book. And that was the breakthrough, and no one else had just thought to do it. So he's just helping them speed Trey, things along. Trey, Brian, don't you love seeing Rob Lowe in the White House? I do. <laughs> I do. I, do. I don't <laughs> like seeing him here because he's it's, a conservative. It was funny to see him being, uh, you know, in, 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 you know, conservative, uh, you know, douchebag like he is. You know, and then this is like all of a year and a half, or you know, not even that before he started playing Sam Seaborn, right? I mean, he basically turned a, around a couple years, I think, turned I think around and started playing Sam Seaborn and being, you know, the guy who always fights these guys Holy every shit. week. The black character's name is Constantine. For real? We're really doing that? Well, it's a name. It's, it's Angela Bassett, by the way. Angela Bassett from, uh, did an amazing Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It and uh, did an amazing uh, job in uh, um, Strange Days, a, a film well worth checking out. Hey, it's Matthew McConaughey. Being I know you don't. Charming and handsome. I know you don't believe in Jesus, but it'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of pulled a halfway decent McConaughey out of my ass just there, but uh, the McConaughey impression is almost the same as the uh, Ted Levine from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah, and who doesn't do a Ted Levine? Ted Levine, Silence of the Lambs, around the room, go. It puts the lotion she, on its skin. Is she a big old fat person? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I like Jodie Foster. <laughs> He does. He does. Holy apparently. shit, we connected it's that. A, Brian, please philosophy. save us from this joke because we made it. Take us out. Uh, another not so successful there blending is. there. Yeah. But the, the actual, the, you know, we had a shot, a couple shots earlier where we have the uh, the Bill Clinton lookalike, but he's out of focus. Yeah. It, you know, very successful integration. It's, it's only the yeah. shots where they flat out put the, they try to merge it with the special effects where it doesn't hold up that well. They didn't so much light the the rest of the room correctly to match him, which is sort of backwards from how yeah. you normally have to do it. So right. I can see why it'd be challenging, but yeah, that, that would have helped. We are, we're in something that you kids need to be mindful of is this is, uh, when was this movie? 1997, 97, which by the way, I don't think we've mentioned in the podcast yet. Um, Sony was doing two big movies at this point. They were doing contact and they were also doing a movie called starship troopers. Um, 
at Tippet Studio up in the Bay Area, we did all the shots with any shot with a bug in it in Starship Troopers is a Tippet Studio shot. Any other effect shot, like all spaceship stuff, was all being done by Sony, which was in production at exactly the same time as this movie. Here in L.A. Yeah, and at Sony Imageworks here in L.A. was doing the, these were the two movies that it was doing at the time. Um, in them days, we were still in, um, among for one thing, uh, optical color correcting. We were not digitally color correcting yet. Hmm. Um, and uh, and that, I think, that includes the issue of, and you, you see this in Titanic. Uh, there's a shot at the end of Titanic when uh, Leo and, and Kate are up on top and the vow has gone vertical and it's about to make its plunge. There's a shot, and it's in the video release right there on the DVD, where the black levels are way off. <laughs> when the black levels are god awful in Titanic, which you know won an Oscar for visual effects, um, color correction and getting your black levels right was still a little bit of a crapshoot, and done being done with you know optical and chemical bath, and was kind of a kind of a crapshoot. So, so once in a while, you're going to see a shot where the colors don't quite match up. Um, because that was about three or four years away from being a push-button digital thing where you go, well, now we just make the colors match up. What's so hard about that? Interesting that in that last scene, <clears throat> once uh, uh, Gary Busey's son just goes silently <laughs> creepy. Jake Busey. Jake, 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 Jake Busey. Think he Jake was, Lloyd. If Jake Lloyd was crazy and blonde. Who, and he was, in, he was also in Starship Troopers, Troopers yeah. in this movie, so yeah. he's, the, he's the strange connection. But you had a whole, a whole crowd of extras shouting random things, but you had... You only had the one guy that was uh, represented in the subtitles, and he was yelling about tax dollars and get a job and stop wasting my tax money and all of this. <laughs> of I don't know. Things. I just thought that was interesting. Well, then he, then he uh, gave he her that was... really long, drawn-out, raping look. Yeah. yeah, wow. I was going to rape you. Yeah. This goes back to what Trey says about you can't, you can't be dumb and play smart. You have to be smart to play smart. And Jake Busey plays date rape pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know. To, to play it that watch well. Yourself you know, someone, someone could fake playing date rape that well. But I think. Dot, dot, dot. Mm. What I'm saying is that Jake Busey rapes women. That's what you're saying. That's, That's what I'm saying. Much, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. I don't think. Well, I removed it. the subtext from. There's Ryan. no controversy there, for heaven's sake. <laughs> I, I I think religious and skeptical people of all shapes and stripes can get together and rape proudly <laughs> proclaim our belief <laughs> and, that Jake yeah. Busey is. If rapist. there's one thing that we all agree on, it's hi, that Jake Busey hi, is Jake. a rapist. Thank you for Rapes not turning women. off the commentary. We don't Hawk think em. that we're joking. <laughs> Jake, if you're listening, we actually do like you quite a bit. Come be on the show. I we, think you're very fun to watch. We're also we also apologize for your hand. Yeah, Jake, if you're if you're listening, come on, come be on the show because we we want to do frighteners. So uh, and we'd love to have you in on that. Um, anyway, so the, the, here in the in the beautiful scenic Washington D.C. fake area, translite area. Um, no, I think this is the real deal. No, that's real. They um they uh, some explicit. It wouldn't be that bright. No, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a monument. Pretty, they light it up. Right. They we we like to put that light on the big penis. Yeah, we're big on that in <laughs> D.C. Um, America penis. America. Fuck yeah. America bigger than your penis. That's our <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our slogan. Um, it's on the money. Have you, if you look real close, have you guys not seen that? It's on the money. I think it's on. The, the bigger penis than it's, on, it's on the hundred. Yeah, our penis is it's with the pyramid. It's, ah. it's right under that, but it's in Latin, so you don't know. E anyway, pluribus uh, cockness. E, yeah, e pluribus <laughs> bite me. So, um, but they're having here a very quick and nice, concise, and also romantical, where they're about to smooch it up. Um, you know, discussion about again the, the basic philosophies are being debated here. It's like she's she's making a very good case for. You know, science is not out to destroy God. Science is just finding stuff out, and the more we find out. God has sorry. Less, it doesn't look. God has God. less room to to hang out in. You know, I mean, he has less room to maneuver. The more we find out about stuff, mm-hmm. but then the, you know, the thing that the movie will do because it's about to turn all that on its head after she's taken her trip is put her in this bizarre situation where, as the scientist, 
she only has faith and personal experience to go on, which as a scientist, she knows no one should, no one should, you know, agree with her based off solely off that. So she becomes a scientist who's arguing from faith. You know, which is what gives, gives which is which is still bullshit because there is in fact definitive proof involved. They, the government just doesn't allow it out, right? But it, but but since she she doesn't know that, she, you expect me to believe the government? What on faith? Turn yeah. into the camera, but uh, <laughs> but she doesn't know. She doesn't know this. She doesn't know about the eighteen. The black guy breaks the fourth wall. She doesn't know about the eighteen hours either. She's you know she's forced to confront, and that's the that's the question that they put to her in the climax, which is you know an hour away, but we'll get there. Um, that's the question they put to her, where they go, you realize. That you're talking about a purely subjective experience that only you had, and no one else can verify that it ever happened. And you're still saying that it happened. Which, by the way, is the one thing Carl Sagan wanted to write a movie about, or a story about, a book about, and he filled out the rest just because he wanted to make that point. Just with fun ideas and you know stuff happening. The point is, what happens if you give an atheist a completely subjective experience and ask them to defend it in front of a court? If they're intellectually honest, they will say, you're right. Yeah. And that's what she does. And that's yeah. what she does. However, just for the purposes of we're going to blast past this and go on for the next hour, but it's really important to know that's the that's it. That's what this is. Is that one moment <laughs> that we're spending two hours to build towards, plus aliens. Lol. Well, no, I think I think well it, as I was saying earlier, I think I think one of the other messages of Sagan is, you know, she goes so far out on the fringes of science and contrasting one of the things that uh, you know Sagan I think was a, a theme of his um, is that there's never. You never hit the end, you know. There's no like, we'll science get science isn't done, or we would stop. Yeah, it's like this. You know, we, <laughs> right. we, science doesn't stop because there's always the next thing to go. Okay, well, but if that's true, then what about this? And there's another question to ask. That just raises more questions. Yeah, <laughs> that now it's getting more complicated. And and uh, you know, actually, uh, Penn and Teller of all people, um, you know, who, who would fit right in at this gathering, um, Penn and Teller. Uh, in their it was one of their books I guess uh, maybe it was their first book Cruel Tricks for Dear Friends they had the text of some of their stage shows and in the very first stage show that I ever saw them in which was more than 20 years ago it was before they went to New York and started doing Off-Broadway and Gay and Letterman and becoming kind of nationally famous I just saw them as like two guys who were supposed to do a good cool magic show and I thought they were awesome um, Penn had a whole monologue he would do in that show where he did he talked about there are people in the world who can't stand mystery and he says but I bet you you probably think I'm talking about skeptics and I'm talking about the opposite because mm. I think skeptics and scientists are able to say, I don't know, right. and I'm going to go to bed and be okay with that. And yeah. maybe tomorrow I'll know, but tonight, I, the only fair thing I can say about topic X is we don't know. He says, there, the, when I say someone who can't stand a mystery, I'm talking about the guy who goes, uh... A wizard did it, you know, or a guy, you know, God did it, and that's it's in the Bible, and good. Now it's settled, and that, and that covers everything, 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 and, everything. And now there's no everything. mystery, and I'm okay now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, and you know, where I see this happening in, in my daily life is they used to come out. I don't know if they do it in their their Vegas show, but they used to in intermission at the end of the show. They used to come out into the lobby and mingle with the audience and just kind of hang out. And he goes, I th- the thing I enjoy more than anything else is I like to come out and listen to that guy in the group. Loudly exclaiming to his friends how we do all of our tricks and how wrong that guy always is. Mm -hmm. And the incredible, crazy things that that guy, and there's always that guy, it's a different guy, but he's here every night, um, will say to make up some bizarre way he thinks we do our tricks just so he can say, I know how they do those tricks. Um, he says, I've heard the most ridiculous explanations of how we do our tricks, you know, because there are people who just can't go, 
that was really awesome and baffling. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Who wants to go get some coffee? I mean, you know, it's like right. there's a guy in the group who goes, no, I have to have an explanation no matter how stupid. I'm going to have an explanation so I can be okay with it. Um, and and, I, and it, that's why I say people should be more – as as a general rule, as a race, we should be more comfortable with being able to yeah, say the words, same. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And that, I think that that is also part of what this movie is about is that you know Jodie Foster realizes that she gets so far out on the frontier of what we know – that she goes, I don't know. I don't know. And everyone goes, see? Yeah. And also the gotcha. and the parallel thing of even she, in a sort of a faith kind of a way, says, if I can just get, if I can just get in this machine, all this time I've been looking for this message and I want, you know, now they've sent me a machine, I want to get in the machine because there'll be the, the answer will be at the end of that journey. At the, I'll get to the end of that journey and I'll have the answer. And that'll be it. Yeah. And I'll and get it. I'll, I'll come back and I'll go, yay, we figured it out. And she goes there and the, and the alien in the guise of her dad says, we don't know. we're just eight minutes ahead of you that's all we don't know what's going on now we're not there yet and we will by the end but i'm really glad i had an opportunity to say this before the end because i want you to watch it with my perspective in mind what trey just said lifting off of that which is why i think it's really interesting because you see in works of fiction all the time is the notion of man the religious people and the science people we're kind of the same man but they're talking in an abstract. They're talking about how this is sort of like this, and isn't science just like faith? Because you don't know the answer right now, right? Therefore, God, no, 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 stop, no, no, stop. no, 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 no. That's when that's when Brian slaps you. That'd and be he, a big no. And he, and he pushes you down, and he beats you up, and you have little bitty Brian Finifter bruises on your face. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, it, and he pees and, in your eyes. If, if, if that were to happen, then I would believe in God. He only does it because he loves you. What's gonna? What, and he hates but, that you make him do that. Works of fiction, <laughs> but it's for your own good. <laughs> yeah. it's it's the, you're not going to learn otherwise. It's the most unoriginal original idea in fiction. Is isn't really faith and scientific method kind of the same thing, dude? And, and, again, and, no. and the answer is, it's, of course not. No, yeah. no, it's not. That only and, makes sense if you're ignorant. And B, A, no. B, <laughs> that's a really unoriginal. It shows up in very, very, very my, many. My words. parallel, and, my parallel but connected idea is: there's always the the skeptic in the movie. Is the skeptic is always one of the being There are no angels, and at the end, you have to have that awestruck look on their face, like, "Oh my God, I was wrong. Angels are real all along." And James uh, L. Jones will talk to me if I just go and ask him. Enough. Yeah, I hate, I hate that character. A archetype. lot of the time in fiction with this theme, that subject will come up. Those juxtapositions, that juxtaposition will come up between those two themes. As far as I know. Contact, the work of fiction, the novel, and the movie, is the only time, this is me, this is not down in front, this is Teague, I think this is the only time I've ever seen where my understanding of it is that it is literally positing that heaven and the explanation for everything is the same thing. They're saying Vega is heaven. They're saying, by by route of Vega... You get to the answers and the God, and this is why we've done it for billions of years. And you go there, and you see the people that you go through a tunnel, and you see the people that you used to know, and they died, and you to see your old dead relatives. That's that's ultimately, I think, what I think they're painting with very broad brushstrokes is, well, everyone disagrees with me. Yes. Yeah. For, the, for the record, everyone listening, no one else agrees with me. But my thing is, I think what he's trying to say is they're painting Vega as heaven, or as the just dead experience. Anyone that's ever come back from the death to say, here's what I saw? says, I went through a tunnel, and I saw the people I loved, and, right, right, and, right. and they reinforced my beliefs. I don't... Maybe on I a, think that's what they're trying to say. Go. And we'll get there, and we'll watch it, and you guys can decide for yourselves. On a metaphorical... Uh, as, as a metaphor, perhaps, but well, as... That's, a, all, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. As a literal, as a literal 
what humans believe as heaven equals Vega? No. No, but I do think that anyone that would have believed in heaven to begin with would have gone to Vega and gone, this is amazing. It looks like a Lisa Frank binder. Awesome. <laughs> and you come back and you go, I went to heaven, man. I went through a tunnel. I saw my, my dad. He died when I was a kid. And he said, everything's going to be okay. And he touched my face. And I was Jodie Foster. I, yeah, thematically, I think you could make that comparison, but I don't know if that. Uh, well, I, I think well, I, to, to go back to our, obviously, I don't think that's the case. Well, I'm th- just saying, I think that's what the movie's trying to tell us. I think what but happens I think that's it, an important difference. I think she follows the journey, and only when someone goes, "Well, you realize you're telling a story about how you went through a tunnel and saw your dad on a on a paradise beach," and she kind of goes, "Oh fuck, that is what <laughs> I'm saying. Oh no!" And that's when she suddenly goes, tries to go, "I could just be out of my mind. Maybe that's what that was." That's weird. But there were and eighteen hours. There were eighteen hours of static. But don't you think that's but, interesting? That is but interesting. But she doesn't know that. But that's they don't, the they thing. don't tell her she, that. They hide that from her. She, mm. They're basically saying to her, you know, this is this is what you're telling us. Don't you think that sounds a little crazy? And when and she, she goes, hears it played back, she goes, "It does." Sound yeah, crazy. you're right. That sounds a little crazy. Which is the mark of a non-crazy person? Sure, because the exactly. crazy person no, never questions their sanity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you ever question your sanity, you know you are not crazy. Well, let That's me ask how it works. Let me, yeah, let me ask only you the this. crazy people are sure they're right. Exactly. Let me ask you this. Do you, see, do you think these many bits of information about a scene and a theme could come together <laughs> like a tornado would assemble a 747? Blah, lol, I got your back, Christians. Uh, <laughs> to, to create a scene where someone goes through a tunnel, sees the people they love, and come back to talk about it in a way that makes it seem fanciful? I mean, do you think that's something that could have just happened if he wasn't trying to say... Uh, there might be something to this metaphor that I'm trying to say as a screenwriter or a filmmaker. I mean, it seems like that's kind of what he's going for. He's saying this is, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of circumstantial pieces of dialogue evidence, but the broad strokes are what it's already said. But circumstantially, he's like, what's the answer for this? Well, we don't really care, but this is how it's been done for billions of years. And uh, there's, a, there's a number of other things where it's like, I'm pretty sure Zemeckis Sagan is saying Vega is what we experience as heaven. Are you going to come again? Oh, everyone comes again. Everybody? Well, not everybody. Some people go somewhere else. Heaven, hell. I, yeah, th- I, th- I think. No, I think you're really reaching. With this, no, man. I don't. I don't think. That's, I, I don't, I don't think that's what the message. Well, is trust me. I don't care. This isn't me reaching because I want to convince well, you. It's just the message. I, I, I got not that everyone does first it. Time, I think and that I shake it. If if that is the case, then it's it it exists only to serve that point that you were talking about earlier, where it's to put the skeptic in the position of having to defend that and having her. Well, this is part of my overall thing about contact. And I think that I think that might be a valid point, but. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's just it's. I, th- I think. Well, I guess my response to you is maybe. It's, I'm not entirely. You keep convinced. lowering your bar of what yeah. the metaphor is. Really, it's, it's to, 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 to encompass this as being. Yeah. Okay. I can see how that that make what you just said makes sense. Like, me, I, I really. Yeah. It's it. It doesn't feel like that at all. It, it feels like okay. Okay. So you're gonna go. It, it's also you have to think about this from a movie from the structure of a movie standpoint. How are you going to pay off this movie? You have to have an actual cool, physical, real experience where, okay, you're going through wormholes and you get to see all this cool, wacky shit. And then you are somewhere and then you meet aliens. Okay, how are you going to visualize that? Well, it's going to work to have her father be the sort of face that is put on the aliens because it's well, just the character that but she what lost I'm saying and does not, what, it's what she wants. What I'm know? saying it does not disengage the experiences of the collective understanding that when you go to heaven, you see people you love. It could be when you go to heaven, you see people you love. They're not. They're aliens. But if it, if it were, who are presenting themselves to you in a way that you could reconcile with? If it were, I'm if just it, saying that in terms of a uh, in terms of a global zeitgeist colloquialism, this kind of plays into both aspects of understanding of the afterlife. One, I 
I think it dem- that demonstrates the, the truth that if you make anything general enough, you can make any kind of those connections yeah, between exactly. anything. And that's exactly how conspiracy and, theories and boy, work. people do. Yeah. <laughs> you, if you make well, yeah. things general enough, you can connect anything, and it kind of feels like it makes sense. A be- I mean, if it, if it is... There are if it, seven deadly sins well, however, and seven lost episodes of The Twilight Zone. <gasps> Spooky. Well, ultimately, come on. I, I mean, you can see where I'm going with ultimately, that. the whole Kennedy Lincoln thing. <laughs> yeah. Too. Uh, at the, at the mean, end of the day, point, point, picture. Point, point two. Point two. Okay. If it if it is a metaphor for heaven, why is her dead father there, but not her dead mother? Because she never knew her dead mother. Ha! Uh, your religion fail. is flawed. All right. Your God is where's your God now? Now that being said, I just gave an argument which could probably be argued but down again, by Matt or general. someone else that have seen the movie more times than me. But let me just say this. I don't care. When you die, guess what happens? You're dead and you're meat. It's over. There's no afterlife. I don't believe in any of what's well, happening. when you're alive, too. I think... I'm, ta- I'm, talk- I'm talking... <laughs> good point. That's a good point. I'm talking... Yeah, you're meat with some little electrical synapses going off. It's crazy. It's awesome, right? I know. Let's get high. The, um... I'm not saying that this is what I think happens with life, and I'm not trying to make a broad conspiracy. I'm, we're talking in the, conf- in the confines of a screenplay. I think what he's saying is... You know, there might be there might be something to the the theory that oh, that's a cool shot. By the way, it's a very nice shot. They just uh, by the I, way the the uh, we just the saw vi- that first reveal of the the revolution and, it, and again was it started as a long tracking machine. shot. Yeah, and then you know suddenly mm-hmm. there it was. The, yeah, I don't yeah, think right, there's any on. direct shots of of the scale of the machine versus the vehicle assembly building, but the vehicle assembly building, that large building that we saw, way smaller, uh, is way smaller than the machine and the vehicle assembly building like where they actually put the, the rockets together. Is big. is the single largest room in the world. It is one of the most massive con- pieces of construction human beings have ever put together. So the idea that the machine dwarfs even that is staggering. Absolutely yeah. staggering. I know that me, Brian, and Trey have seen it. I don't think Ryan's seen it. But we'll all vouch. The VAB. Goddamn big yeah. box. Wow. The, uh, if you go back... You can see it from 10 miles away. If you go back, you'll see uh, the two uh, uh, like door, like vertical like gray stripes... And those are wide enough for a bus to drive up. Holy shit. Anyway, <laughs> yes. huge. Back on the whole thing. Anyway. The pinstriping is a bus highway. Yes. This isn't, Brian, why don't you just see the moon landing was a thing? Or no, we blew I, up I the get, World Trade Center. I, get, I think, I I think the reason it's constructed the way it is, with all these things that sort of lead to the point, isn't to construct a conspiracy theory out of nothing. It's to say within the confines of the screenplay, what's going on is he's saying... To yeah. some extent, whether or not he thinks that, as the author, as the person that's writing down the words, Teague, I think we get the point. Yeah, and I and there's a lot there that says, and I, when, he's well, literally saying well, heaven is vague. There's also a lot that comes out of the mouths of the characters that says, and we make it look like this because you couldn't really have a frame of reference about what any of this really is. So we make it this little fantasy scenario where we give you the message of, well, you got a little warmer, and now you got to go home. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and it's we, really the, the, and we the, don't have and we don't have the answers. It's, it's, no, it's I, a huge I, I agree. I agree yeah. with that too. Yeah. So, so the idea is, I think it's more of a case of uh, you know, it's like akin to Indy saying, "Why did it have to be snakes?" It's like, oh, so I solved the mystery of the SETI message, and that's the it story. Has to be this I, that's the story I got to go back to. Is it's a hap, It's a pretty beach with my dead dad on it. That's the story I got to tell. Why did it have to be that, of all things? Well, what a colossal, colossal head fake the universe just pulled on me. I'm about to hap, hop off of this, this train here, but the last thing is, that's why I think this movie is genius, is that it puts this whole idea together, and then it says, and by the way, what evidence do you have? Absolutely nothing. That's why I like this movie. Well, that's, Ultimately, that's, it draws okay. a really interesting parallel to, and, that, and, and how can you prove your faith? Well, oh shit, I can't. But I th- 
I'm almost positive it's true. That's what's really cool about this is that very rarely do you see that exact thing happening in movies where you say literally what I experienced is literally identical to faith. I can't explain it to you in a way that makes, it which makes is, sense which on is, a physical level at all. Which is why we're telling this story. I, if, if the sequence of events didn't exist in, in this way, that Ellie, the character of uh, Arrow, Ellie Arroway was put in this position, then there would be, really be no reason to tell this story, and we wouldn't tell it. So to convey that ultimate point of, of what Zemeckis, what Sagan is trying to, are trying to do... It has to. It has to flow out that way. It brought up. It brought up an interesting point. Interesting point to me because it's a point that that certainly I relate to my in my life uh, on a daily basis, um, dealing with those other people. Um, and it comes down to the fundamental issue that we we we've mentioned before. But oh, when that little bitty burn in, yeah, that pretty. When it, 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 we were talking about something else when the actual scene happened, but it's you know. Uh, Matthew McConaughey sandbags her at the hearing mm-hmm. to, and throws the and, and asks her the question that he knows is going to get her disqualified, which is basically, do you believe in God or not? Knowing that she'll oh, wait, I think we have the comparison. Yeah, there you go. There's the comparison. The, yeah. On the There's left the there VAB. is the VAB, on one the, of the on largest the, buildings the in the VAB world. Is, oh, that's like is, a hangar that yeah. moves, Huge. right? That, that building is re- rockets when they're assembling them. You can see, like I said, you can see that from ten miles away without any aid. It's, that, it's, yeah. you can just see. Oh, there's a big thing there, and that thing was five That's times a, taller so that building was was built with the express purpose of putting together the saturn V rocket with the the moon rocket which was inside of it inside, in, of, inside it. of it yeah. so that the entire stacked saturn V rocket yeah, gets, fits inside that building and, and, that, that and big rotating orb thing is taller than world trade center yeah 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 probably if you actually and, and about to the end the same way and so, uh this <laughs> what what to oh you can't print for the same reason it's, um, <laughs> jake Busey. So the the um, come on, you guys aren't on board with the Jake Busey brought down the oh, World Trade Center. I mean, come on, who, do, man, I to, do I have to paint a picture for you? I'm right there with you, man. This, this I love shot, you. this shot is fantastic. This is great stuff. Great, you know, it is like it feels little it feels headset real. point of view camera. Yeah. yeah, it feels it gives you vertigo like it should. It's it's very tricky to do. Anyway, the point I was getting at is is the you know he sandbags her at the hearing, gets her disqualified as a candidate to go on the trip. By asking the question, then he knows he'll she'll buck up and answer correctly, which yeah. is she'll, you know, or, she'll or, or, or dodge, yeah. which yeah. she does. She dodge. She says, "I don't need to answer that question. I don't think it's relevant." Um, do you don't you believe in God? And then he asks the follow up questions like, "Well, you know, what do you?" Okay, yeah. see those those vertical pinstripes on the side of the building there. Nice. You, those are wide enough to drive a bus up. Wow, yeah. I'd like to try that someday. <laughs> um, he says, "Not it, if you're not Jake." Busey. And here's the problem. With, here's the reason why we atheists, you know, have to stay kind of closeted. And uh, we actually finally, I think, we just got a, a finally an openly atheist congressman, our first one, because you know you can be gay. Uh, we've had one for a while. You can, yeah, but it's oh, yeah, one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, know? yeah. One. You, you can be gay. You can be black. You can be anything at all. You can be Muslim. But try being an uh, atheist and getting elected to public office. But for the reason that uh, that uh, Matthew McConaughey's character touches on here, he says, he says, so how is ninety percent of the ninety five percent of the population of the country supposed to react to the five who think that everything that the other 95% believes is nonsense. And that's the problem. And it's a problem that, as, uh, you know, as atheists, we run into all the time is, you know, Jews and Christians and Muslims, they, you know, the militant factions will fight, but the moderates will all go, well, basically, you I, do believe the same we're thing all as the same me. Boat, we're all in the same boat. It's, yeah. it's, it's more at least the, the phrase I've heard often is at least they believe in something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, they recognize <laughs> that it's real. If they're, not, if they're not fundamentalists of any version, then they recognize that really all they're really talking about is dress codes and rituals. It's, all, it's different and everything. Otherwise, it's in, and things are named differently, but otherwise, it's the same thing. Um, There's our Jake Busey. Jake. Oh, look at that look. Oh, God. You know, it's the, the problem is that atheists, it's very hard for a 
believer of anything to go, well, atheists also could be right and have a point and have a right to their point of view because that opens the door that that, that means you're admitting you could be wrong. Well, right. And people can't make that step. They can go, oh, Jews might have the Yet, right answer. In reality, there's absolutely no more difference between a hardcore Christian and hardcore Jew between a hardcore Christian and a hardcore atheist. It's just... There's there's very little overlap. The only yeah. the only I'm I've, not aware of any atheists who have martyred themselves in blowing up government installations or buildings. Although I guess maybe they're hey dude, happen. Hitler and Mussolini were atheists. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. They used Christian imagery to to rally the population. By the way, I was very kidding Christian. too. Yeah, I, I was throwing that to them. Yeah, because uh, atheists hate Jews. Yeah, that's how that all worked. <laughs> yeah, because atheists blame Jews for everything that's, that's gone bad. Right. I'll, I'll extend that because atheists give a shit. So the uh, yeah, here we go. I fr- and this is a this is a gut wrenching sequence. By the way, this yeah. is a scary sequence. When I was a, uh, and it's the push. fact that they almost stop him. And yeah, and like, the fact that the thing doesn't oh, even work God. the first time. Watch his eyeballs. Watch Jake Busey's eyes right here, yeah. right here. When I was a kid growing up, and I saw this, I was probably ninety seven. I was I was eleven. Um, this this movie had gave me my first. Gut wrenching oh. experience. Oh, we talked about in Jurassic God. Park how I hid behind couches. This movie, I was, I was, I was five years older, four years older. <sighs> this, I had nightmares about yeah. Jake Busey, not based yeah. on what he believed or what he, what he did. Just that one shot of him looking, his, like, his eyeballs, just the whites of his eyes, the whole Paul Revere thing. Mm-hmm. J- George Washington, who said whites of their eyes? Uh, uh, yeah, who was that? Bunker Hill, Lafayette. Yeah, it was that Bunker Hill, not Lafayette, but whoever was fighting at Bunker Hill. That shot that gave me that. chills when I saw it, and it <laughs> fucked me up for... I could not watch that scene for years. Based on really? literally his portrayal of crazy, I had no. I didn't connect that to any political or social agenda. It was just, that guy scares the shit out wow, of me. Wow, that really got you. Um, Dude, it really... No, seriously, it did. It's probably the one... Between this and the moment in The Sixth Sense... Uh, where you see the mom with the cut open wrists in the kitchen. Oh yeah, those two that, moments that's in a cinema. Freaky moment, I'll grant you that one. Both of those things, Jake Busey and mom with cut wrists, scarred me more than any moment of cinema history <laughs> has, and probably ever will. Because now I'm, I'm now I'm old enough to just deal with the fact that if I'm that scared, I can disconnect myself and go. There's a very bored gaffer on this shot right that. here. Like I can I can do that now. At the time, Jake Busey being crazy just completely rattled my existence i was terrified i couldn't sleep i cried i pissed my pants it was bad man to um to go back to what we were talking about before that whole sequence um there's a quote and i obviously will not be able to remember now that i'm on the spot but uh there's an atheist quote that says we're all atheists. The only difference between me and yeah. you is I believe in one fewer one, one god. Fewer than god. You do. Yeah, and then often it comes with a list of the five hundred gods that humans have believed in over the years. Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, there's a. I don't, I don't think I've told the story. Stop me if I've told the story. But um, you know, uh, you know, we have a man here who, who served in the military in the Middle East. Um, but uh, I don't know anyone who's other than Matt here who served in the military. But I know a lot of people who have been to the Middle East and are continuing to go to the Middle East because there's a war in one part of the Middle East, but there's lots of amazing commerce going on in the rest of the Middle East, and that's where all the people I know are going. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, when, Singapore. When Yay! you go to a place, when you go to a place like Dubai or Qatar or all those kind of places where it's just you know billions of dollars are being spent. Um, you know, a lot of people are going there, and I, I may go there myself. I was talking to, to a potential client a couple weeks ago. Um, a friend of mine uh, went to uh, went to a thing in the Middle East, and, and, and stay, stay with me because I hopefully there is a valid point at the end of this. Um, and if you're you know working, going to go work for a big multi billion dollar company in the Middle East, um, even if it's a company that country that's not having you know a war at the time. Um, your company that's sending you might well send you to a little half-day seminar, which basically can be called, so you're a hostage, now what? 
where they basically give you oh. where they basically give you the, the the breakdown of like, well, you're probably going to be fine, but they do take Americans hostage and ransom them, and you might be in custody for a couple of years. So, just in case, here's some basic do's and don'ts on how to be a hostage of Muslim terrorists. Um, now, now, step one is they go, here you go, this is complimentary, it comes with the course, they give you a little pocket Bible, and they say, always have this with you, always have the little pocket Bible wherever really? you go, have the little pocket mm. Christian Bible on you, um, and if you should happen to be, you know, blindfolded and thrown in the back of a van, um, try and hang on to the Bible, if they try and take it from you, make a reasonable but not life-threatening fuss that you want the Bible back, if they uh-huh. confiscate it, ask for it back, and then when you're in your cell or wherever they're keeping you, show them that you're reading the Bible and you're praying from the Bible and you're reading the Bible all the time. Which leads to the obvious first question of, what? Why on earth <laughs> do I want to advertise so strongly that I'm a Christian? And the answer is, well, unless you want to really study up, you're not going to be able to pass as a Muslim, which would be better. But the next best thing is to pass as a Christian, because at least you're not an infidel. They understand that Christianity and, and Islam is very similar. They, you know, Muslims believe in Jesus Christ. They just don't think he's the son of God, but he's a Muslim prophet. Mm-hmm. You know, the, a lot of the characters are the same in the stories, and they come from the same part of the world. And, Christ, and Christianity and Islam are very similar religions. Um, and in, in the Muslim world, it's like, well, at least you are a Christian, and we get that. We understand. We, they even understand Judaism. They get Judaism, which is also a Middle Eastern-based religion and very similar in all respects. What you don't want to be is a godless infidel because then they're going to give you a hard time. Uh. So now my experience of living amongst the other 95% of the world is, is, is in the other country is I, I understand that mindset completely. Oh, yeah. Better mm-hmm. to be anything than what we are godless infidels because the other 95% just can't get that. They can't rationalize that for reasons I said earlier. It's like if they go, well, that's a valid point that you make. You know, it's like, are you really prepared to say that my saying that I don't think there's any God and spirituality is a, is a mass delusion. Are you prepared to say I might be right and be honest about that? And very few people that I've met can make that I, leap. I've, 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 well, managed, I've managed wait, it a couple on, hold times. On, hold on, hold on. Real quick. <clears throat> Asterisk. About to come back to what Trey just said yeah. myself. However, we're about to get a reveal. really interesting thing here, which is that back to the movie. why build one when you can build two for twice the price? They built a second machine off uh, Japanese off of Japan. right? Subcontractors from Japan made this whole thing. Now, what's funny is that they're talking about this machine, which costs what was it, like three hundred uh, three hundred billion dollars? I, I didn't. I and didn't they remember. say they made two of them. Holy shit! Big peripatia mm-hmm. revelation. Two of them, mm-hmm. six hundred billion dollars. Right. It's still less than the bailout. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, one yeah. that's interesting to me. Uh, the second thing, the asterisk, which Trey was referring to. <laughs> Uh, there's actually a, a genius, just a wonderful infographic. I love infographics. It's 2010. That's what we like right now. They're easy to grasp. On, on dig.com, there was a thing called, let's say you're the first human ever to make I alien contact. Gonna, yeah. And yeah. it's funny because it's literally I, a... I have this. It, oh, I'll link it to you. Matt will put it in the show notes. It's just this huge... I think it's, it's, it would it's like work a, great as a poster. With it all is this, a poster. Just, it this, is. It's, oh, like, okay. it's like an 8 by 10 oh, good. proportion thing. And it's just this beautiful text, black and white thing with some like, red text and some black. And it's funny. It's like, okay, so you just got abducted. Here's what's going to happen. This, this, and this is probably going to happen. This, and this isn't going to happen. Stop watching movies. This, 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 this. Okay. And it's like basically from there. It's like, so here's where you are. Mm-hmm. Here's 10 things to think about. One, illustrate this. Dot, 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 dot. With a with a with an arrow or something like that, dot dot dot. That illustrates that you know where you are in the solar system and you know where the sun is in the solar system. You're basically illustrating orbits, 
And it goes like through here, all draw, these... Draw a triangle with a right angle and then draw th- three hashes on one side and four hashes on one side. And then, the Pythagorean you know, theorem. So they'll get the um, exactly. theorem. It's basically right, right. The, the four simple ways to illustrate you understand your place in the universe as an idiot person. You don't have to have mm-hmm. a PhD. If you're abducted, just put this on the ground and someone in their community will understand it. And it was really fucking cool, man. It was really great. This mm-hmm. whole infographic was talking about how never say this, never say this. If you're a Christian, shut up. If you're a Muslim, just just say these things. Don't 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 refer to the fact that God did this or that because ultimately whether or not you think that's the case, other people don't, which means just say Here's where we're at in the universe. Here's our solar system. Here's us. Stick with the facts. And there was a bunch of other really I, – I wish I could pull it up. In fact, I, I, while we were talking about that when Trey was talking, I tried to pull up on Dig, and the, uh, <laughs> the, the site that was originally hosting it went down. Oh. Uh, and I don't wish I could show it to you. Uh, but there's a bunch of other stuff. We'll find it somewhere and put it in the show well, notes. It'll be in the show notes. Go to the downandfriend.net. Hit that shit. Forum. Register. Look at our show notes for the – Contact episode. And by the way, Matt, in, in the show notes, we're also going to have the the blueprints for the machine. Is that right? And we're going to have... <laughs> so we're also, uh, he thumbs up. We're also so feel g- free to build your own if you have $300 Matt, can you find The Secret of Life and put that in there too? Um, holy shit. This infographic. And it's funny because it, it's deeply sober. There are a series of those. Have you seen the other ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The time yeah. travel. Say you're the first yeah. person to time travel. Don't put Firefly references to the Constitution. <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one I've seen. I have seen that. Uh, if, but the whole... The first time you meet an alien... Yeah. Holy shit, there it is. Matt, pull it up. That's great. He's better at this careful, point. careful, careful. Yeah, I'm Cables. Don't <laughs> fuck the recording. I'm gonna. I'm not fucking the recording. Uh, so oh it's like, God. the first things first. Hold still. The aliens will be quite used to things flailing like crazy and trying to get away. They'll most likely have picked up a fish or a bird and watched as it flapped and like an idiot until it died. Holding still is the first thing you need to show them that we're worth our weight in crap. <laughs> like, it's this whole thing. <laughs> Algorithms, it- mofo, do you speak it? So, how can you sum up the last 10,000 years of scientific discovery in a completely universal way? Easy. Math. Okay. The okay. aliens we'll, won't we'll have know it. who Pythag- uh, Pythagoras was, but they'll sure as know what his theorem was. Okay. And there's a it's, link to it in the forum. It's yeah. so cool. Please look it up because it's fucking awesome. It's really cool. I remember this shot in the trailer and then the other shot with this, with this plane. Well, Be, makes, being in the trailer like and trying to like, uh, yeah, trying to fool you that this was a more uh, traditional science fiction film. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I We're not going to talk about religion at all in this movie. No, certainly not. Oh, this is hey, science look. fiction. We'll be in the future. Don't worry yeah, about it. It's, it's, it's a future movie. Look at that. It's fake. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Look at him. Yeah, that's a real newscaster, though. That's uh, what's his name? Yeah, his there's name? a lot of real it's newscasters away all now. over this. Uh, I was going to bring this up just because it's stupid IMDb trivia stuff, but you, you notice the CNN logo is all over this freaking movie and all their burn-in footage and right. stuff. It's like every every scene they cut back to a TV. Here's one it's right all, now. It's always CNN. Yeah. Bernard Shaw is really Bernard Shaw. Actually, anyway. I want to I wanted to bring this up for Ryan in terms of doing effects for a thing, which Ryan is very very experienced in. He's got a couple Emmys. The um, I'm always bugged, yep. and everyone will agree with me on this, but I want to get Ryan's input. Everyone's always kind of bugged by how not right people do newscast burn-ins, where it's yeah. like, here's our fake newscast, and sure. it always looks kind of cheap yeah. and shitty. No kidding. I'm with mm-hmm. you on that. I'm really interested. Cause it's, <laughs> I sent some sarcasm it's, it's, from it, it Trey. No, I'm not, I'm, oh, really? No, no for it's real. Just, it's just actually what my voice sounds like that. No, I'm totally... <laughs> <laughs> it really... They always... Yeah. They always no, it's not... I'm not being sarcastic. This is how I talk. That's please. a great Kids in the Hall sketch, by the yeah, way. It is. That's what... Please, there, go on with actually, your story, because I really want to hear more. a Kids in the Hall sketch that way. No, but I wasn't being sarcastic at all. It's Dave Foley being sarcastic voice. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, but I wasn't but, being sarcastic. But, but, it's just that cool default set voice they built here for this. This is a this is a great. Of course, she's looking at a big green screen floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is some nice work. Bravo, yes. Sony. Yeah, but yeah. Ryan, have you ever had to it's, 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 screw that? Let's talk about TV burning. And it's generally scary. <laughs> I mean, especially on a big screen. This is just like holy shit. 
you know, I'd be going like, maybe I should have brought the suicide. Yeah, the other thing too about <laughs> I should have brought the suicide. The, the other thing too is the sound in this too. Is the sound like, is really, <laughs> really brings it to that. The, the sound Whoa. gives you the, the the sound is what gives you that sense of size. Yeah, like and the, the nice little touches of of that uh, of the gangplank there. Um, rattling, rattling yeah. as she walks. Of all things, it. they make the gangplank see-through grid. I think that's <laughs> just like, come on, just please. Uh, hey, it was in the blueprints, man. Yeah, please give me some right, boards. Exactly. <laughs> they want it to be scary. <laughs> anyway, so continue, Ryan. What? You've done. I'm assuming you've done some burn-ins on television screens before, right? Yeah. Do you know? Because here's me. I'm an effect artist as well, but my thing is like the guy. The script says I want to see some news footage here, and I. The first thing I do is I go to MSNBC's YouTube video or something yeah. and just pause it and go, I'm going to do that. Sure. How come they always fuck that up? How come it's so hard to just say, here's our little person in the left half of the screen. There's a shit ton of scrolling stuff on the bottom. There's mm-hmm. a graphic on the right. And yeah. there's a time thing on the top. It's just like, why, why do we always see that thing fail? Because there is a whole shit ton of, we've even talked about it, in this movie, watching news footage of other things already happening mm-hmm. that they mix perfectly. Yeah. Do you, do you have any, I, I think, do you have any insight as to why people always don't do just make it look like MSNBC, dude? I think part of it is the fact that television burn-ins and logos and whatnot were a lot simpler in the '90s than they are now. There's simpler, but not that simple. True. That looks like PBS. I think most of the here, time, no, here it looks good. This most, movie's doing it right. Yeah, yeah, this movie's doing good. Most of the time, when I see them and they look bad, it, it's not really because of. Um, the material that they put on screen, it's just the compositing is not good. And it's just, it's not a convincing burn in. It doesn't look like an image on a screen. It looks like something composited on top of a television screen. And then at that point, it doesn't matter how good your, or how faithful your bugs are in your lower thirds and your signal degradation and stuff. It's like, you know, it, it doesn't have the same black level, so it doesn't feel correct. It doesn't have the reflections on it, so it doesn't feel set into the room. It doesn't quite vignette the same way. It doesn't I have always the, wonder why they the don't just say, <laughs> they, don't, they don't take their effects budget and say, we need two shots here. Uh, roughly speaking, finger, 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 finger. Oh, uh, 10 grand. And just go to CNN and say, hey, guys, real quick. Can you please do this? Can we just well, jump in front of your well, camera listen, and videotape them? You know, that, that's not to... Sometimes they do that for movies, though. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they, uh, they obviously would have had to have done it for this you know, with and, uh, Larry King. And the reason that they do these burn-ins is not because they couldn't get the CNN you know, bug to look correct uh, down in the, the corner of the screen. It's because it's they don't know what they're putting on those screens or they can't do it yet. You know, they, they're all they're all just little blue screens because they obviously when they shot this, they haven't done all the visual effects for this that's, whole thing. That's, to put a, into the, that's the a good point. It's probably more a question of the logistics of the production schedule than it is. Oh, it always is. It always is. They, and that's why that that's why for whatever most, reason they weren't able to or they chose not to do that stuff first so they could actually have it on the monitors. Yeah, exactly. Nowadays, even if you had the material to put on the monitor, usually you still they don't because they're like, eh, yeah, we can you change still, it. Because you, you still have and even, you know, if, you, if you're doing it because before you had a choice of easy burn ins like that is, you know, you, you still have to sync it up. Otherwise, you get the scan bar. Yeah, dancing yeah, around, yeah. right, right. You have to, you know, some guy has to be off camera re- rerolling a VHS tape every every ten every take. You know, it's it's like, well, now we can just like put anything we want and sync it any way we want, and the actors don't have to like deal. I think at the end, it's a helpful thing for actors because an actor is one less technical bullshit behind the scenes thing that an actor has. To, yeah, James yeah. Woods, you have to do your performance eighty seven times correctly just so VCR douchebag gets his cue right behind yeah. you. Right, you know, it's like <laughs> Natalie Portman. It's green. You can do this right. Yeah, feel free to do it right, <laughs> and. That, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll make the rest of it right later on our own time. It's all logistics, and it translates to money. It's like, well, you're doing less takes. Good, yeah. done. Yeah. I, you know, that's why most of the time they never actually go out driving anywhere anymore. Yeah. And that's God, why, that's you know, cool. And that's why I think I think it's, it's starting it's, to get sci-fi. I'm not, I'm not against that idea because I think it makes yeah. sense yeah. across the board. Unless you do a bad comp, in which case you go, wow, now I'm not enjoying my that show not that off. you made. Yeah. You know? 
Now you've just shown me a bad comp, and that's all I can think of. Yeah, so we got funky energy ripples coming from the thing. I, if I were her, by the way, I, she doesn't seem as surprised as I would be that the little seam in the door just magically yeah, disappeared. You would, She's kind of like, huh? Eh, I've always wondered. Uh, I've always assumed that that. that well, you know, physics works like that. As a woman yeah. of science, I've always assumed that the that they've, that they've and the book, and maybe because I'm assuming it because it's more in the book, is they they've extensively tested every component of the machine. They know everything that every piece supposedly does, except, except what happens when, when they drop, drop the gizmo. Yeah. So so the fact. That the the thing seals itself, you know. I and it's the book really that's informing that. And the, you're right that the movie doesn't give you a clue. You know the book. Mm-hmm. You know the book kind of says, "Well, they, we know that it does that. We still don't know how, and we built it. Oh, okay, cool. But we don't. We know it does these crazy things, right? Um, but you know, we just followed the instructions. Literally, the 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 the, the thing is more like a recipe. It's like. You do this, just you do, do this, this, and it's done. You do this, you do this, you do this, and then stand back. And they are, they're they're finding all this crazy stuff that the the machine parts do without without understanding why they're doing it. Brian Trey, does this is this so far? Yes, yes. Sti- we're still following the book, right? We haven't de- very departed closely, from the very book. closely. I, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, the events are this oh, well, is screw you. very faithful. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just gonna sh- I'm gonna Brian. Shut this just off uh, right. you want to go do your laundry and jerk off? How about that? Sure. Just like in the book. <laughs> do it in the other, <laughs> other order, actually. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Actually, I would recommend the Actually, order. Yeah. Ryan is right. That's Again, going back and to production This is the voice schedules. of experience talking. I, I'm going to say, yeah. What's funny is that that's I a joke, college. but the better joke is just do both at once. Oh. <laughs> was there, so, is there a question uh, anywhere in our future, anyway, as Aaron Sorkin would say? Back to discussions about atheism. Yeah. I, I, what's what's interesting to me is, is, is not so much – we've talked about scale, and I want to bring this back because – we said, guess what? That thing is at least 900 feet tall, if not 1,000 or more feet tall. It's very, very tall regardless. Wow, rockets. Yeah. Just to what, launch that last part that they've never launched before. That's what I like. So it's we're like, going to go back to this. We watched that this. giant ring spinning around that fast. Yeah. That's, that's not gravity speed. Whee! That's not if I jumped off, I'd be going that fast. That's multiple times. That thing is spinning like a mofo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we never ever see any more scientific in- input as to why it's doing this, and thank God. We don't yeah, need to don't have need their to explanation for why this transports you to Vega, or whatever it is. I just love the idea that <laughs> it's just such a weird-looking thing, that it has to be set off with rockets and then propelled internally at multiple times, negative 9.8 meters per second squared, which is gravity. I just love the idea that Hey, That's man. Acceleration. We we made, huh? That's the acceleration. <laughs> yeah. Gravitational pull is uh, when you jump out of a building, you're accelerating at negative 9.8 meters per second squared. It's an it's an increasing thing up until about 120 miles per hour. Yeah, the, this thing is going way way faster. You mean the pod when it drops? Because I'm not sure that it is. No, the pod drops. It's it's you're, talking about, you're talking about the parts of the machine rotating. I'm talking about the pieces, of the, the rings are spinning at... Sure. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, very, they're well, very You clearly. can't move those faster it's than it's gravity like, can pull like, them. Well, like, I know, but that's what's a, cool to me. It's build the like, Golden Gate Bridge, now put it on a gimbal and spin it at 1,000 miles an hour. That is a, just a huge thing. Yeah. The amount of... It's very large. It's just... Yikes. I just love the idea. Yeah, I'd be like, would you please drop this thing already before I wet my shiny space It's like being on the, it's like being when you're going up on the coaster. It's like, tick, 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 do it already. This is the worst part. Waiting. The waiting. If Dorkman was here, he could elaborate on my sense of what cynicism is, but call me cynical. I think it's adorable that you can create this whole thing for less than $300 billion. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's just like, oh, that's cute. Well, those are 1990. 
97. Well, the book the book goes oh, into yeah. it. The, so, so, the book goes so into it. Billion dollars. The book now. goes into yeah. it in more detail. And again, the idea is like they can they can do it at a very amazingly cost effective 300 billion dollars because they didn't have to research any of it. They literally just followed the recipe. Oh wow! They you just like that's actually they, true. Yeah. you spend a lot of time. Yeah. building all the little. It's like they didn't have to do it because if you did this for real, you you'd build every part of this ten times before yeah. you actually built yeah. it. Yeah. It's like how many yeah. Saturn fives blew up on the pad? They you know they they. This is Not, like literally they or no Saturn fives, no Saturn fives, but lots right. of rockets. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. You just you just yeah. made Brian mad. Yeah, lot, lots well, of uh, yeah, I, I, we, lots clean, of we cleaned it up on redirect, as the lawyers would say. We'll never refer to it again. But the term for this is the Independence Day toilet bowl scenario. You don't think you're gonna spend ten thousand dollars on a toilet bowl, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Toilet seat. Yeah. There. Yeah. There. Oh, there Here we go is. down the wormhole. Oh which, God! Which this is so cool. I give it to Trey and Dorkman. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> right. Ryan, yeah, lightsaber guy. Whatever. I wish you were here. Yeah, there you go. My only, my only comment on this one is: this works fine in a movie, but as a guy who's done like fifteen some motion based rides, everyone, <laughs> everyone wants to do the wormhole in their motion based ride, and the wormhole is the tiredest motion based ride concept. The first motion based ride ever made had a freaking wormhole in it. Whee! And the problem with the, as a motion based programmer is wormhole has no frame of reference. There's no up, down, left, or right. So it's whenever anyone, whenever yeah. anyone puts a, a wormhole thing and makes me program. And I just jiggle the base back and forth until the wormhole is over. Trey, and are you saying that you made Star Tours? I made all of them except Star Tours and Back to the Future. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's the, those are the two that everyone's ever heard of. But uh, I always go, no, I didn't work on those. Oh, well, I worked on Simpsons, which replaced Back to the Future, of course. But, now, there uh, are people on IMDb. Trey, I still haven't forgiven <laughs> I want to get that. you guys' take on no, this. It wasn't my idea. There but, are uh, folks on IMDb that say what they're doing is they're following the heart chakras, man. It's fucking yeah. the colors. Well, of, and they're out uh, and they're uh, out front with cardboard signs with Jake Busey. And the, this movie went real because it's like, yeah, whatever you think, pal. That would be reading into a film as yeah. opposed to reading out from it. <laughs> The the answer is more likely the guy with After Effects said green oh then purple that's cool yeah repeatedly and it sort of kind of follows heart chakras yeah let me show you something how many of, colors are there and that, how many orders can they come in that goes yeah exactly that goes back to if you get general enough you can make the comparisons between anything mm-hmm. so here's the here's the moment where I love this little rubber bandy snink where the the room itself snaps <laughs> it. but yeah, this, yeah the whole thing again where, the effects they, working with the sounds in fantastic. a really great way but this is where they just story wise they just said uh, you know by the way Vega total red herring it's not even Vega's not even where you're going yeah <laughs> it's like you yeah, went to right. Vega's, uh, Vega's that's a stop sign on your cross country tour exactly Vega's <laughs> it a is terminal. the Moss Isley to your Death Star yeah yeah let me, let, uh, by the way Brian I think maybe you can relate to this is it, and this is this is a very strange sort of realization I had because uh, we're getting cosmic here. Um, <laughs> Go for do, it. Do you, do you do you, are you disappointed in a really weird way, or were you? I should say when you found out when, when you realized that galaxies are so large that no human could ever be in a situation where you can actually like move appreciably around it and like watch a galaxy move or turn or change orientation it's always just in terms there. of the scale of time involved it's just way too yeah, big like, you could never do it it's, it's so same, unbelievably large that you could never move yourself relative to it and look at it and see it move. oh yeah i mean i remember yeah. it, it's it's such an obvious thing but i remember brian cries for a lot of reasons <laughs> <laughs> i remember sometimes um, he cries because you see uh, pictures in science textbooks that go, this is the Milky Way galaxy. This is right. what our galaxy looks like. Mm-hmm. And I remember that the first time when somebody or something pointed out to me, like, no, that picture that you always see is not a picture of our galaxy because we can't take a picture of yeah. our galaxy yeah, from yeah, outside. Because yeah, yeah. we're in our galaxy. Yeah, definitely. and it's such an obvious point, but it's one you never think of. And I remember thinking, We actually can't wow. see a lot of our galaxy. Yeah, yeah. You're, that, that's right. But that's so disappointing on a, a level that I can't quite put my finger on. But mm-hmm. I think it's that same kind of sentiment. Well, that's my whole yeah. thing with, with color-enhanced pictures of 
other galaxies where it's like we'll take some for the ultraviolet and some for the yeah infrared, right right where it's like here's a, what we think not the a col- good green screen comp on are just there <laughs> they just were really bad anyway I, I don't care. here's here's what sub- here's here's what the horse head limited you look at all these pictures of nebula and they're purple and blue and green and yellow and red it's just like oh my god that's amazing mm-hmm. ultimately it's a false color image yeah <laughs> ultimately, ultimately really a, a of- galaxy probably looks like about two shades of some sort of color and black. Yeah. By the by the way, that um, breaks my heart. This is a, a quick peek behind the scenes again. As I, as I mentioned earlier, that this movie was being made at Sony. Uh, you know, the visual effects were being made at Sony, um, contiguous with Starship Troopers. Um, mm-hmm. So this movie came out around the same time as Starship Troopers. Um, great, great weightless effect going it's on. Pretty it's pretty good. Nice, yeah. Notice I let the the flashlight shining through the the metal that way. Right. But um, notice because again, we were still doing green screen and digital compositing was was not exactly working that good yet. Um, notice how many, you know, here in this movie, Jodie Foster at this moment, um, all the characters in Starship Troopers, Yee. all the characters. We need to talk in, about this shot. I'm sorry. Yeah. The characters. Right I'm gonna, now, this one, shot One is, more is, sentence, is, is, if I may. I'm sorry. You know, it's like all the characters. Um, notice how uh, tightly slicked down their hair is uh, yeah. all the time because ah. flyaway wisps of hair in 1996. Oh, my God. Suck. Yeah. yeah. We get a number of listeners a week, but the two of you that are watching this with the movie, you're going, why does that look wrong? That's because it's about five takes. They stitched Jodie Foster together from several takes of this shot, and you see a handoff multiple times in the one shot. There was her, one just her, there. Her, her, yeah, exactly. Just that, just like, no. Repeatedly. And we haven't even gotten to the one big one right here. There it is. But yeah, they had to perform it with different sort of looks the whole time, like really just sort of happy and sad and freaked out and calm and just keep kept morphing different parts into it. What I find to be adorable lol adorable and that is condescending is for the guys that i'm to be here like they wanted to connect every single thing to one of the human emotions i'm like no <laughs> zemeckis it, came and said i like this take this, you know, take, this take and this Check take i really don't know what i want about them and they did a variation for every single part of every single take for every single handoff in that yeah. shot they got well, and well he, I picked, think, he picked the last one they tweaked it for two weeks and they were done they got Ooh. by the way Lot knows here they got they got ballsy and they said okay we're gonna have loose hair for this scene but notice mm-hmm. how often it, it bites really it bites him in the ass too sometimes yeah. i think what zemeckis wanted whether he knew it or not was for jodie foster to uh express the full range of human emotions but to do that is mm-hmm. a probably the most difficult task an actor can do so jodie foster as excellent as she is probably didn't really nail it the way zemeckis wanted her to nail it so he used digital technology to to fill that gap mm-hmm. while this may not be the first green screen sequence we'll just pretend like it's a early screen screen sequence and it is watch this all the things that are going wrong in the background one light there is none it's it's night yet everything is evenly lit Shadows. There are none because there's no daylight because there's no sun. But the shadows. Watch any one shot. The shadows crawl in a way that makes you go, "What's going on?" The water's running Secondly, backwards as well. The, the back. The water is running I mean, backwards. Yeah, the, Thirdly, everything. Everything it, is going wrong. Th- these are all intentional, though. You're not what, calling these. Yeah, out. it's what's supposed that? to be surrealistic. Uh, let me let me try it. One more <laughs> sentence, please. One more sentence. <laughs> what they're finishing what, your point oh, so in five sweet. seconds is, instead of five minutes. What yeah. they're doing is yeah, that's my job. <laughs> artificially creating a scenario that is wholly recognizable and yet entirely unsettling. Mm-hmm. Excellent artwork. Now, what's funny is that now, that's outside of the realm of making the movie. They spent retarded amounts of... There were guys that worked 12-hour days to do this. For one movie, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. However, I get to sit here on my podcast and say, it reminds me of, remember Lisa Frank, where there was unicorns on the dark night 
the coastline shit in the 90s. It's just like <laughs> retarded, like hyper blue, hyper cerulean ocean. David Morris is purple. The sky is blue and the ground is red. Like this whole thing. This doesn't have anything to do it's with pretty the fact. Wild, yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I'm thinking, holy shit, this movie rules. But on an effects level, watch, watch just for a second, watch the, the shadows of the palm trees. And you go, what are they fucking doing? And as Ryan said, ocean moving backwards, galaxy in the sky, no sun, brightly lit, black night. It's it, it's they really evoked a dreamlike quality. They hard, really did hard a good shadows job. in the background, but soft even light for for them. Everything is this yeah. weird sort of juxtaposition of things you've seen in real life all together at once in a way that makes you go. Huh? Things that you would never see at one moment of time in real life yeah, thrown sure. together. This this even Which lighting works. at I night mean, for this, I yeah. think it's it's, it's yeah, supposed to be so weird, and it's also kind of a funny sort of composite of them trying to pull memory out of her head and make a an, a physical world out of it, and it doesn't. It's right. not all quite accurate. <laughs> yeah. We may never do a commentary for what dreams may come because ultimately all you can say is holy shit, what yeah. dreams may come. Wow! But it's a similar thing where it's just like, how do you artificially induce a dreamlike state in visual effects? This scene in contact and pretty much all of what dreams may come are the answer. This, well, this, a, this sequence blows my mind. It's a da- it's a dangerous line to walk though to do a scene where everything is intentionally off, which uh, without people and I've heard people say it, it's like wow the effects in that you know Vegas scene they were really sucked. It's oh like, really? You know, yeah. Oh bummer. You know it's <laughs> like wow. I it's mean, not, you'd, it's, you'd it's be not amazed, like they so. did it and they were done. It's not like they did it and oh tweak this and they were done. No, they did t- fifty revisions of every shot. Yeah. Yeah, this th- is to exactly create this, what create this kind of off kilter. None of this is real. It's a you know kind of a weirdly constructed illusion that we've put together, which is why they you know they gave you that big setup where she literally does the mime in the box and goes this you know this isn't even this space is not real. It is a projection, and I'm actually in a very small cube. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the setup is that she never actually left the the, the sphere. That's yeah. why she yeah. touches the, gr- the yeah. air and it goes. Yeah, and never- it shows the the pattern of the inside of the of the yeah. sphere. So she's she's never actually not out of the sphere the if, whole time. If uh, if Chloe Z was here, she could talk about on a behavioral neuropsychological level why you like people with red in their skin more than you like people with white or yellow in their skin. Mm. And that's not based they look on healthy that's, and related. They that's sanguine. not based on ethnicity. It's based on the warmer the skin tone is, the more you're like, I feel like I'm at home in the shot. They are very warm. Everything else is blue. It's this weird. It's like it's it's playing on several levels. How much of that was intentional, I don't know. But it's a very compelling sequence. For, fortunately for them, that line is kind of blurred. And speaking of blurred lines, yeah, the wow. edges Look are at the matte line on him. Are yeah. uh, unfortunately the the one thing that uh, all the rest of it you can say they were going for weird. Yeah. Unfortunately, their there blue screen edges te- are the worst of part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So the aliens uh, had bad matte lines as part of their design plan. Yeah. So the aliens yeah. weren't good at spill check control? this out. Is Viewer, yeah. pause. And take that it, shot of the of the shoreline into Photoshop and figure out what value that sand was. Yeah. It's not even close to gray or white. Yeah. Oh, it no. is straight up magenta. Yeah. <laughs> they are warming the shit out of what they had. What's interesting too is you know he was. I, I, think, lo- I love that. Just so this this whole movie is about you know the value of skepticism and atheism, but th- this alien has ostensibly this this great appeal to authority moment. It's like yeah, we do it this way. I don't know why. It's just the way we've been doing it for a long time. So. Yeah, good enough. Yeah, it's a very weird. Well, I think I think it's more of a you know, it's a little bit of condescending. It's not like you know, it's this is kind of like well, unfortunately, Actually, I'm not going to answer yeah, your questions right. about why you're we right. do the things yeah, that it, we do. It's, it's kind of saying, listen, just trust me on this. Yeah. We've been doing it a while. You got to roll okay. with it. This is how we do it. And this is my appeal to you guys, the scientific community represented on this panel, 
is that in addition to the fact that I think what he's saying is that this is heaven, is that the answer to heaven is, and yet, we still don't know, please don't stop asking questions. That's why I really like this scene, and I feel like this movie culminates in this scene, which is why I can say I really like this movie, is that at the end of the day, my opinion is he's saying this is heaven, and when you get to heaven, the answer that the angels have is, mm, not sure. Which is, we've been doing it this way. It's like it's like if you got to heaven and got had to... A uh, question and answer period with God, and the best God could do is go. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think actually, you know, I I'd actually get get behind a God if you you know, like the, the pearly gates open up and uh-huh. you get honest with God. Right. And as a skeptic, I'd be going, uh oh, wow. Yeah. And then I get to go, God, I'm fucked. Yeah, I get to you know, and then, then I meet God, and they go, yeah, this is uh, this is God, and, and I go, so um, was I wrong about everything? He goes, oh no, um, creating the universe. Where did they get the idea that I did that? What the <laughs> hell? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, where does I don't know who came up with that? What the one. hell of a thing, huh? My God, how am I? supposed to have created the entire universe i mean that's bullshit i uh, uh you know which is just kind of what this movie is it's like you know it, it's again the in in the the broad sense the movie says that there is you know there's not the one no one is going to go here's the answer for you right here's your answer all of your questions <laughs> here is your answer which is which is now you may go which is why religion exists is to fulfill that fundamental desire yeah. we as human beings have to why, answer the question why is there a burning ball answer? in the sky that makes me hot i forget uh, here is your answer god did it I do forget what the work of fiction was that I read. Wow, she looks shaken up. However, shaken up, as the <laughs> yeah. chicken twister would say. Yeah. Um, I forget what the work of fiction I was that I read was, but the um, this guy posited that all of creation that we know is part of one universe, one galaxy, one part of this weird, infinite spectrum of things that could be. And in the work of fiction, this guy was talking to the creator of that universe. And he says, are you God? And he says, <laughs> no. Well, wh- why did you create this? And the answer is space. As in, I needed a place to put stuff. So you have the ability. <laughs> a place for my stuff. So you have the ability. It's a George Carlin reality. But right. you have the ability to create a universe and you make it just to have space for other things. He's like, yeah. Well, who created you? I don't know. It basically comes to the same thing that contact does. So you are responsible for all of the questions that we have? Yep. So what's the answer? Fuck it. I don't know. Both things come to the same thing. Well, he didn't why, claim to ha- have all the answers. Why I mean, did you, why did you create the universe? Oh, we needed space to put our stuff. Yeah. Well, okay. Why are we here? We don't know. <laughs> you just kind of happened, <laughs> yeah. humans. Why would we know that? What the hell? You think we had something to do with that? You think we did that on purpose? The... Um there's a book called Venus on the Half Shell, which is written by, uh, by uh, Philip, actually written by Philip Zay, Jose Farmer, who wrote it as Kilgore Trout, which was a, a pseudonym of Kurt Vonnegut's, a fictional author that Kurt Vonnegut used to write about in his books. Um, and uh, I supposedly didn't, he didn't ask to Vonnegut if he could write a book under the name Kilgore Trout, because Vonnegut said, no, people are going to think I wrote this thing. Um, but it's a very funny, it's a very funny satirical science fiction novel about a guy who uh, aliens destroy the earth and he ends up escaping in a Chinese spaceship called the Wang Ho. And, uh, and he doesn't know how to run because everything's in Chinese. And so he's just kind of wandering around the galaxy, but he, he finds out that there's a race, the oldest race in the galaxy that knew the creators of the galaxy. Um, and that he wants to know the, he wants to know what why, do they say? why are we born to suffer and die? He says, I'm by God, you know, my entire, my entire space is wiped out. And he goes, he's trying he wants to get to this race at the end of the galaxy. Um, it's pre hitchhiker's guide, by the way, although it sort of seems familiar, but, um, it's like, I'm going to, I want to find them. And he goes through all these trials and tribulations and lots and there's lots of sex. And, um, cause it's a very funny book. Oh, good. 
And then at the end, he, he arrives and his spaceship crashes and it's like, now he'll never go anywhere ever again, but he has reached the final planet where the, the race that knows the race that created the galaxy and, and they go. And the first thing they say is, oh yeah, the guy from Earth with some questions. What do you got? <laughs> it's like, why are we born to suffer and die? Oh yeah, why not? All right. I'm sorry, but that's it. That's what we got. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the answer. I'm going to grab this again real yeah. quick. Although we haven't gotten there, and I wish we had because it would be funny if I did. But he's about to say S.R. S.R. Hatton. The guy and, from Alien. And if Dorkman was here, I would, I would appeal to his sensibility and say, Dorkman, wouldn't you say this is pretty much how your sense of humor works? You'd go, if you were James Woods, S.R. Hatton. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how Dorkman would do it. Zoing. I just, that's a joke. Now, here we go. Brian, celebrate and denigrate <laughs> this scene. Wow. How? Celebrate. Yay. It's working. And denigrate. Oh, not this. This scene. Not in terms of the screenplay, but this is probably a more or less accurate-ish representation of how this appeal to Congress would have gone or particular department in, in charge of commissioning the figuring out of, you know, 9-11 commission of this trip. I will say we we bash conspiracy theories a lot as completely ludicrous fabrications of like Rube Goldberg constructions of a false of a false truth. But you have to, you know, in this Carl Sagan has managed to construct this one situation in which yes, James Woods's uh explanation does actually seem more plausible or at least as yeah. plausible yeah, uh, as what actually happened. And if if <clears throat> Truthfully, if I were in uh, James Woods's position, and that those were the two pieces presented to me, you'd be in the same spot. I go, yeah, I yeah, prove it. Um, because well, because <clears throat> Carl Sagan, one of Carl Sagan's most famous quotes is, "Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence," and that was his yeah. thing against sure. uh, uh, one of his arguments against the uh, belief in, in God. Yeah, a belief and, in religion. And UFOs. Like, UFOs. It was also applied to UFOs. Yeah. Right? So you're saying this is real, but there's not one. But there's no proof. You've, you've got a, right here on the table, you've got a, you know, a bolt from the space shuttle launch pad. I'm pretty sure the space shuttle's real, but no one's ever like, here's a bolt from a UFO that can be verified. Right. By, the way, by the way, literally, yeah. Brian has bolts and parts from the space shuttle launch pad. Here, Brian, clang them together in front finish, of the mic. Now so he's hit, hit it with the mic. There it is. There you go. That's one part and another part of the two, space shuttle launch pad. Two pieces pad. of the space shuttle banging together on purpose. But, Brian, uh, celebrate yeah. Ben great this scene. So, oh, here here comes the guy. Uh, on faith? Yes. Brian makes fun uh, of this line in just, personal life. It seems so on the nose to me. On yeah, a, it really an otherwise, is. It really an otherwise is. really fantastically subtle movie. The guy practically turns and looks down the barrel of the of the camera lens. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, exactly. "You expect us to take all of your things, all of your experiences?" Oh, on there he goes. Faith. His eyes got Boom. all big. There it is. Booyah. Booyah. And I do believe that the down in front audience would have gotten that. But the mo- most people, I can see that's a studio note. Please yeah. say on faith. I think it's well. I don't. Yeah. Even, I don't even. I don't know what happens because I can see in me. the script and the actor just you know you're delivering the line in some way like you expect us to to take everything that you've said on faith. Really. And that being fine, it's kind of the performance too. Yeah, it's, it it's, it's something it's, in the performance, and yeah. I'm, I'm I'm actually surprised that not Zemeckis the actor, let, maybe not even the director. Take. It's only a tiny bit. Well, I mean, the director was presumably in the room and picked the take that goes yeah. into the movie. So you know, but I, I you know, it's never really bugged me that much. But you know, it's it's true. I agree with you that it's like. You know, for a movie that gave the audience the benefit of the doubt all the way to this point, for yeah. being smart and that, you know, don't give us any, don't give us a primer. We're just going to be with the movie and we'll figure it out on our right. own. That it finally said, and here comes the punchline. Yes, exactly. Do you get it? Do you see what we did there? And, yeah. and Jodie Foster's, you know, defensive 
And, but well, it's she, also, he gets so, like, pissed off for some reason. He's he's up, and he's standing, and his hands are on the table, and he's well, yelling well, at but her. But he has a like, point. I mean, well, what he's saying, saying, James Woods at that moment represents atheists. Please just say that you have absolutely no evidence that this yeah, happened. Just yeah. admit that you can't prove what I can, you believe. I, but, and, and, an and the difference, I can admit that frustration. And, and the, that's a well-constructed villain, or at least a well-constructed antagonist, <laughs> yeah. where <laughs> when they present their view... James Woods is the closest thing we have to an antagonist. Uh, not, not only do I do I hate him, I agree with him. Yeah. He's right. But it's a, it's a great Storytelling is hard. Yeah. But the difference, <laughs> and the, the difference exists in the character of Arroway, the difference between the skeptic and the believer... Ellie Arroway has enough intellectual integrity to say, I "You're can't. right. If I were in your position, I would, uh, I would have exactly your your point of view. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and that's the difference between the skeptic and and the believer." Yeah. Trey, yeah, I mean, can you can you celebrate what's happening on screen and yet go, "Here's my art, here's my editorialization of what's going on." I, I'm not sure because I'm not well, sure she's, what that she's, means. She's, but, a, she's appealing to Congress. I went there. This happened to me. I know yeah. for a fact. Well, I think I think this is. To me, this is the it's voice. It's not Congress. To me, this but. is the voice of Sagan. You know, again, going. You know, in the end, it's about a search. It's about you know, everyone is searching for a thing. You know, and everyone has their way of of what they're looking for and how they approach it and what how they would label it and how they experience it. Um, and everyone can say that you know, everyone has had an experience that they can't rationalize that they that felt real, but they have no evidence that it really truly happened or not. Um, and this is, you know, I think it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a Valentine too. So I'm going to give you this character, and she's going to be everything she does is for the right reasons, and she's going to make all the right arguments. But then I'm going to put her through something that she can't explain and can't account for, and and you know, and so it's it's her arc is for her to go. You know what? I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I I get what all those people were talking about. I, she hasn't changed her beliefs. She didn't go like there are angels and it's true, and I was wrong all along, and atheism is bad. And suddenly she's Victoria <laughs> Jackson on CNN, you know. <laughs> but but she has like a sudden, you know, she has like she understands that like okay, this is how all those people that I just kind of dismissed. This is this is their experience. Kind of this is it. their life, you know, and this is what it's like for them. And, uh, you know, and the fact that, you know, and the fact that also, I, mean, I think there's a funny, funny little irony here. It's like, and now they're embracing her. They're all like, no, we believe Ellie. And she's like, oh, God, that's not really what I wanted. <laughs> is, is oh, and the, the, and the, the, the sick, the, yeah. the crippled children. Now, the, you know, now like, the, oh. the fruit bats are on my side, and that's not what I wanted at all. Again, with the whole Washington <laughs> Monument <laughs> Plaza mm-hmm. crowd scene. Yeah. Zemeckis so just was it. He's just getting good at it, I think, is the you keep can't, You keep saying Zemeckis. I just say... Oh, Ralston. Oh, Ralston. So, and then, you know... I love your beard, here's, man. Uh, and here's... Uh, McConaughey's going to help clean it up. Like, okay, all right, let me let me just put this in perspective for you. As the if on faith first. didn't. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's be a little more explicit here. For yeah. By the way, compositing a deeply out-of-focused, shallow-depth-of-field background, that's tough. It's tough. And that was a good shot. It was good. That's well done. Uh, Although I think again. they just shot it in D.C. I don't think there's any compositing being done. Really? Because that looks yeah. a little crisp. Nah, it looks, I it looks good. I think it's just what That's happens if you, focus, okay. if you focus a shot. I mean, it really was just a crowd back there. They could have shot that anywhere. Yeah. The crowd's a mad painting, but the, that's that's the capital. Whatever. So here's the, here's the little, right, here's now, little thing. This is where the movie I, – I don't recall this this little aspect being in the book, but uh, this is this is their – you know, this is – and one of the reasons like why and why this movie I think beats movies where the, the skeptic in the end goes, oh, I guess the angels were real all along. 
You know, the movie just made us go, my God, maybe she did have some kind of strange hallucinatory experience and now is going to go, no, the government's hiding it from everyone. The government knows <laughs> yeah, it all totally. is really true. But that's the, that's the ultimate point, though. If, if it's real, there will be proof. There will always be proof. Trey? And, and he's talking about there is the proof. And, and there, 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 there is, is the some. Proof. It's just how, that how, no one's talking about it. We haven't talked about this. And by this point, you're at the end of Contact. Watching it or listening, you now know all the spoilers. Yes. What's the difference between the movie Contact and the book? Well, it's plot-wise, and, and I think the vibe is, is very much the same. There's, as I said in the beginning, there's a, there's a coda in the book where the – and I'm not going to spoil it because I think we should encourage you – know, if, 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 if we can encourage one person to read Contact by Carl Sagan, uh, then feel free to go out and do it. Um, there will be an easy-to-find link uh, for that. But um, it's a great book, and it's – you know it's, uh, in fact, you should read the book before you're allowed to watch the movie to listen to this commentary. But and so I'm not going to tell you what the specific thing is at the end because I think it's very cool and it's a very it's a very Sagan-esque thing. It was like okay, you know, you have to be real, real smart to understand what this is about. But he, you know, you went that far with the book, then you could probably go that extra five pages um, without giving too much away. What happens is um, the you know the dad the dad analog on the uh, not Vega you know distant planet that's all a, a sham fake Morse D- yeah fake Morse. Um, does give her one other piece of info, which which helps her, you know, go well. What was all that about? And that was all bullshit, um, or not? Um, the 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 character says, "No, we didn't invent the universe. Sorry, we're not the answer to the questions. Um, we have figured out that someone did, and we found the evidence. And I think it's called the the chapter, I believe, it's been twenty years since I read it. It's called the Maker's Mark, where they say, "But we have figured out, we have found the proof." that the universe itself was created by some intelligence. It wasn't random, and there is an intelligence. We don't know who it was. We don't know what they are, what they did, why they did it. Could have been an alien who wants the universe yeah, for space. Right, but we, fe- we, have, all we, have, all we have gotten to, you know, the answer we do have is we do know that the universe is not random, that it was created on purpose. We found the maker's mark. And it uh, doesn't tell her where or where or what that is, but gives her just enough of a clue that when she goes back to Earth... She spends the rest of her life looking for it. At the very end of the book, she finds it. She finds, you know, she finds a thing that goes, okay, here's the, here's the proof that the universe itself and the mathematics that it runs on is not random, that it was actually designed by somebody or something. Um, and in, in a way that, you know, that, the concept and the way it comes out in the book, you know, I just recognize that they could not have really done that in a movie. It would have taken 10 more minutes of exposition to, to just explain it. And then at the end, you would have kind of gone, as an audience, kind of gone, I guess I get that. Um, it's something that a book can do that a movie really couldn't. And I'm not, I don't argue with a, them dropping it out of the movie because I think the movie works fine for Carl for Carl Carl, Carl Sagan totally was. please read Carl Sagan rest in peace Carl read his uh, Carl Sagan is a god deep read. in the bowels of burning hell that you are <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh he went totally sorry straight I couldn't to resist hell. <laughs> totally straight to hell but the, but the good news is we will get to meet him someday and I'm looking forward to that mm-hmm. on Vega on Vega what Trey is saying is if go buy the book contact and then flip or to your, the last epilogue or chapter. your local library but uh, walk yeah, over feel, there yeah, and read to, the last and ten I, pages, I, please. I, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm right, maybe right or wrong. Or uh, but I believe the chapter is called "The Maker's Mark." Um, I think I remember the book that well. But if, if you, not, it's not that's how they describe it. If but. you're bored, go to Wikipedia. But you're an asshole if you go to Wikipedia. Yeah, 
Um, anyway. Actually, you could probably go to Amazon.com because often they have the books half scanned in there anyway. <laughs> you can just go, hey, look, the last chapter is right there online. Do they really? Yeah. Wow, yeah, but probably. it's usually the first chapter. Usually it's, or, or it's random pages, but yeah. sometimes it's the whole darn thing. Or guess what? You can go to the library for $1.50 and yeah. get a card. They use or you can go buy a Kindle and download it for $10. Anyway, Whatever. It's a, it's a, it's, it was great. In the book, you know, reading the book, and it was long before the movie came out, I was like, whoa, that's awesome. And then... Years later, I found out they're making a movie from Contact. Now, you know, my thought was, well, they're going to screw that up. There's no way that they can take a book that smart and turn it into a Hollywood movie and not make it dumber in a bag of in, hammers. In one syllable, would you say they did? And that was when I was like, oh, wait a minute. It's Robert Zemeckis and Jodie Foster. This could get interesting. Interesting. You cool. Know? And there's very few people I can think of that I could have named that could have you know, given this movie the treatment it deserved. Trey, would you agree with this statement? Mm-hmm. Just go pick up the last chapter of the book, Contact. Read the whole thing. But it, the it, last chapter will blow As your I mind. recall, yeah, you if you watch the movie and then read the last chapter of the book, you're not really missing anything other than depth of detail that any book will have that a movie can't do. Does it blow your mind? Um, it, it blow your mind. Then, <laughs> cool. Little, it's little a fun idea. Long. It's a fun uh, idea. For, for my part, Contact. Like I said, I've <laughs> said all these things. It's like, you know, I've got all these things that I'm trying to juggle. I love athe- I love atheists. <laughs> I, particularly, I want a bumper sticker for that. I, I think I've said so I can be I, run I've off the road. I think I've said this on so Rockstar. My car. I'll never trust someone more without any extra information than I will trust an atheist smoker. Because I know they don't care, and I know what they need. It's no like a two thing. You like me? That's why I like Trey. You know, whatever. Yeah, I'm, the, walk, um, I'm walking the walk and talking the talk. That's the point. Now atheist got... smokers, they don't need anything from you, and you know what they do need. That's right. I don't care about your dogma, and I want a cigarette. <laughs> That's right. There's no afterlife, and I'm hurrying to get there. How about yeah. that? And as such, putting your money yeah. where your mouth is. What's that's, funny that's is the that part I don't get. Down in front, guys. down in front, guru. <laughs> when Brian, my age Brian, you reach, <laughs> exactly. Down in front, guru Matt just raises a glass at that point. Atheist smokers <laughs> kick ass. He's the man. The movie contact. I love it. I love Jodie Foster, Matthew McConaughey. I don't even know anything about him as a personal human. I love his. I love his portrayal of a of a smart and articulate Christian in this movie, and you might have differences with his opinion, but in terms of a film, what you get, Zemeckis, uh, Sylvester, and Ralston <laughs> put together three. an excellent. And <laughs> we should mention, we shouldn't just say Zemeckis, uh, Z- uh, Sylvester, and Ralston. We should say Zemeckis, Sylvester, Ralston, Sagan. This is an. I love this idea. Everything, all the themes, the subplots, the movie. Big fan of Contact. My my, I have I have no critical things aside from the fact that, you know what? No, I feel like the one <laughs> character that rep, that represents a difference from my opinion is you know represented by several James Woods and the black guy who says unfaith. All those guys, all are part of the the real world that we live in. Someone would say that, and they would sure. not be wrong to say that. At the end of the day, this movie is just here's here's the two real world examples of sci-fi you can get. I don't know what's going on. Please explain this. Or there's a monster and I can't explain that. You get Contact or Cloverfield. Pick yours. I'll pick Contact. I love this movie. I don't dislike Cloverfield. It's a monster movie. It's fun. It's Godzilla without Godzilla. Everything about this movie is just fascinating and interesting to me. And I feel like it's supremely well done from the first word of the screenplay to the very end for Carl. Brian Finnefter, Contact. Go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Wow. Uh, okay. Follow that. Yeah. I, well, I love this movie deeply. I, I, 
I I can only think to give it the highest compliment that I can think of, which is I wish there was more like it. And sadly, yeah. it's <laughs> it's true. all all too few. Yeah. Um, I can't think of another movie like. That. I can't think of another movie that remotely comes close to to espousing the values uh, that this does as well as articulately as it does. And go ahead, Teague. What? Well, what, what I'm curious is that <laughs> I don't goes, know. Brian Finnefer, go. And then he's got his hand up with his <laughs> eyes closed, like I have something I'm to say. I'm gonna let you finish, but. We have we have non visible nomenclature. Raise your hands. But would you say, Brian, that this is a perfect movie? I mean, yes, I, I, we, we retroactively are going perfect movie. I, yeah, yeah, I absolutely. I, I think it does. I think it is, and I, I think it. I think it very kind of sneakily sneaks in what it, it's true doing. That I think at the end, because it, because it's mainstream, I think there's an attempt at even handedness that I don't think is genuine to Carl Sagan's point of view, and probably not to Bob Zemeckis's. So I think that even handedness might be a little uh, forced, perhaps. But not to say that it's not done well. But I don't think that's the genuine point of view of Carl Sagan and Bob Zemeckis, which is then nicely like, oh well, here's the climax of the movie. Both sides have a point. Good. But at the very last moment, no, a- no, there's, there's day, actually evidence. You know what's up. So yeah, it, this it does actually work this way. Yeah. And you know, you need proof. You need extraordinary evidence for extraordinary claims. But here it is. So. That's that's how the moral of the story breaks <laughs> as, down. As Goldblum say, uh, 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 there it is. Uh, there it is. Uh, uh, there you have it. So, Ryan, contact, perfect contact. movie, maybe. Uh, maybe I don't know. I'd have to think more about that. I mean, I think it it, it certainly is it put together very well. I feel like it's well directed. I feel like it's well acted. I was actually at the beginning. McConaughey came out, and I'm like, oh yeah, Uh-oh. this guy. <laughs> and then as I Uh-oh. watched it again, I was like, you know what? He actually does a good job in this. I think he's he's, he's probably pretty well cast. He does a good job. I, the, the problem with the problem with McConaughey is he's a good actor, but he's just not like we were talking about. He's not in the league of Jodie Foster. So, oh, definitely not. You know. Definitely from not. an anyway. actor point of view and from a and Peter perceived Jackson. intelligence. He's just, he doesn't read lines in a way that makes you go, he gets Mike every think- implication of what he's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not as good an actor as Jodie Foster, but it'd be a lot cooler if I It'd <laughs> <laughs> be a lot cooler if I was. <laughs> Ryan? But, um, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Thumbs up. Uh, I, I liked it. I, I, I kept getting into it. I kept f- getting caught up in watching the movie, I think, as, as we were doing this. But um, it was good. I mean, my main problem, I think, with, with the end, at least the way it because it's been a while since I saw this. I saw it like uh, twice in the theater and then like twice on cable after it came out and then kind of, okay, that was fun. And then that all happened in high school and now, you know, it's been a while. But um, sort of the the thing that I recall being really upset about it with the end, not really upset, but just that sort of left a weird feeling in your mouth at the end of this movie here, is, is the kind of the, the way that it played to me when I was younger was that it was kind of like, aha, so now you have no proof of... of you know, an experience that you had, and now you're asking us to take it on faith. So, boom, you're wrong, <laughs> right? And it's like, well, no, 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 you're not wrong. And then that's sort of how I guess probably because I, as as an active moviegoer, engaged in the movie, I took offense to that. You know, which which, which is unfair. It Calling does, the character you've been rooting for wrong after it, two it hours. That's what of, I felt like it was it, as a kind of, kid. Yeah, it does kind of frustrate you as a viewer. And now, as I'm watching it, you know, more analytically, I'm like, well, yes. I mean, I understand everything that's happening. It was just, you know, you know, hey, I, I guess that that's a that's a good sign that I was reacting the way that 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 you're that you're supposed to, I suppose. So anyway, um, all, all things considered, here I'm giving it a thumbs up. I think, I, and and the. W- chiefly about this movie one thing that i really like about it is that there aren't a lot of movies like we talked about at the beginning and then never got back to it because it's just part of the texture of the movie but it's such a good sort of you know not hollywoodized make you think you know kind of hard science kind of you know it's about you know it's not all about 
you know crazy shit going on. It's it's very sort of realistic. And it's I like probably that about it's it. quite maybe the hardest science fiction to ever make it to the Hollywood. I, mainstream I could Hollywood agree screen. with that. Yeah, yeah. and that's why and I like it. There is there's far too few hard science fiction uh, movies out there. Agreed. Yeah, whether now, they deal with religion and faith. Or not, or, or just not. Anything. Yeah, exactly. Just, just showing exactly. scientists do sciencey things that are that really is the more way grounded in the reality than yeah. than Star now, Trek. They is. really now, do. Now, and did you notice, by the way, the list of technical advisors that went streaming by? Yeah, it was like <laughs> there was some there was some serious Good uh, serious names on that Good list. Work. Now, uh, Trey, yeah, real quick, yes, no, maybe, perfect movie. I, I'd say perfect movie. All yeah. right, cool. Uh, contact the film, also the book, because you read it. What do, what do you got? Uh, I remember liking it. It's been a while. It's been a while since I read it, but I remember enjoying it. And I, uh, you know, Matt will verify it if if Sagan ever wrote any other significant works of fiction. I always think of him as a, as an essayist, and you know, just writing about topics, but actual real world topics and, and essays and ideas about them. Um, I know his last book before he died was was I believe either which was a Candle in the Dark or Demon Haunted World. It was one of those two. But uh, find out on the forum. Yeah, find out on the forum. You know, instantly by <laughs> clicking, which uh, you know Matt's doing right now. But he, you know, he, he more and more toward the end of his life, he 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 was pushing even further into talking about. Yes, now I'm dying. I have terminal cancer, and I'm telling. I'll tell you why I'm still an atheist. Why I'm not. You know, right when they on. say on his deathbed, Sagan converted. I want you to understand. I didn't, and here's my thinking, and then why I'm as I go into the next. You know, go into the dark. Here's here's what I'm thinking, um, and uh, you know, I, I totally admire the man for that. You know, for for you know. That, take, not that just, takes a special uh, yeah. personal courage. And I mean, Roger Ebert the, is doing kind of the similar yeah, thing Roger's, right now. Roger Ebert is actually fantastic, too. Um, I love we like it. Ebert, right? Oh, yeah. Ebert's going Especially down. Especially lately. Going I, down, I didn't yeah. care, but now I like him. Ebert's yeah. going down <laughs> like a warrior, man. I, I always liked him, and now I like him all the more. Down in front, colon, space, go Ebert, period. Yeah, go Ebert. At, so contact, at RogerEbert.com. Contact um, the movie? Uh, contact the movie is... is, is uh, as uh, as Eddie said of uh, Watchmen, Eddie's summation of Watchmen, when we did Watchmen, I remember um, he said this. You can quibble about this or that, but he goes, "This is the best adaptation of that book we would ever have gotten. Uh, yeah. It could not have been done any better. You can't complain that not only did they not screw it up, they did a pretty darn good job of making a movie out of that book." So. Um, you know, and that's what I say about contact. I mean, like I said, I'd be the only person who came in like, oh, my God, they're going to take that brilliant, literate book that Carl Sagan wrote and and they're going to turn it into some kind of craptastic Hollywood movie. And then to go, no, my, I, I, I would have said that book was unfilmable. You can't get that book onto, into a movie. Um, by golly. Those... The Magnificent Bastards did say it. Zemeckis came out of nowhere and just fucking owned it. This Zemeckis kid, I seriously, he's one to watch. And I think I speak for all of us here when I say thank God for Zemeckis. And this has been Down in Front. You can find more of us at downinfront.net. Go to iTunes. Find our fucking podcast. Type in Down in Front. As of now, we're the second most popular podcast. What do you type in Down in Front? How that happens, I don't know. I don't so get there's it. There's another podcast called no, Down in Front? No, there's not. And yet, we're the second place for Down in Front. I don't oh, get okay. it. As ranked uh, by what? I, dude, fucking iTunes. Oh. I think it's oh. Larry David how, somehow. I don't know. Uh, Second most popular like media podcast or something. More, so, more, more to the point, Matt Fader Veda, M. Fader on the forum has been keeping excellent show notes. Please go to the forum and find out all these things we've talked about and find a way to buy the book Contact. If only yeah. just to read the last chapter because it literally will, there will blow be your mind. There it's, will be a link. Buy it through that link, please. Yes. Dude, because we no, get a penny. For, we get a penny for that. Yes. And, and Carl Sagan's widow gets a penny, and everyone deserves a penny. So there you go. <laughs> but for real, even Jake Busey. That's right. I've never read the book, but I've had Trey explain to me the end of the book, and it is 
awesome. I, rocked, really, I rocked your world just telling you what the ending was, didn't dude, I? Dude, it's really cool. Please yeah. go at least go to your library, your local library. Please read more. If we can say anything more than buy our books, go to the library and just read more. Please. The end of contact is awesome. You can go to Kathy Press and find our stuff. Please go to Gunnerford.net. Register for the forum and talk Or fucking tell us we're wrong. Go to the forum on the discuss link and tell us why you think what you think. Tell T he's wrong. <laughs> that, that, that's job one. Right there. Okay. And for the rest of it, you can always find more at Gunnerford.net. My name is T. Christie. Ryan Benefer. Ryan Weaver. Jay Stokes. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night. Now I'm we- wrong, right? Am I wrong? Oh, my God. Chloe's okay to go. (laughs) Chloe's totally okay to go. Fuck you! Nobody breathe. Nobody breathe. Nobody. There's and the cat's on a rampage. Oh my god! Here we go. (laughs) Trendsinyourhead.com.